Good evening, folks, and a hearty welcome to our drive-in theater. We have a wonderful evening's entertainment lined up for you, one that will provide several hours of pleasurable relaxation and diversion for you and your family. Welcome to another episode of Dead City Drive-In, the only podcast where asking to see our third leg won't get you slapped with a harassment suit. I'm Brandon Windish. And I'm Chris Holcomb. And we are the heads of programming in this here Dead City. And in this episode, decreed by the higher-ups, our bosses, the drive-in gods, we have been tasked once again to program a specially themed double bill for the ravenous hordes of mutants and madmen outside our projection room door. Hey, Chris, listen, who plastered all these flyers on the bathroom wall? Oh, you know how the townies do. Besides... It's a good backup for when we run out of toilet paper. Here. Here, let me see that. Ooh, look, 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 look. Harker's World of Wonders is coming to town. Hold on. Come on now. What is that? Hideous Penguin Man, Alligator Boy, the Bizarro Bradley Twins. What the hell? It's a freak show, dude, man. I thought these things died out a long time ago. Hey, 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 hey. Hey, the show's tonight. Come on, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. Eh, hard pass for me, dude. Hard pass. What are you, a quarterback with a boner? Huh? What better way to confront the grotesqueries of the modern world? How else are we going to come face-to-face with the medical oddities that are only whispered about behind closed doors? I don't know. Ever heard of Google? Chris, I can think of a million things I'd rather do than stare at a six-eyed baby floating in a jar of formaldehyde. Besides, they're probably made of rubber anyway. When did you become such an old man? Fake or not, how can you resist Jezebel, the three-breasted floozy? Three titums? That's right. Well, I I guess we could use the inspiration for our double feature theme. And now you're talking! Freaks, Brendan. Freaks. Goobble gobble. Goobble gobble. One of us. One of us. Say it with me, man. Come on. One One of us. One of us. Goobble gobble. So, tonight's guest is the lovely Miss Jamie Giangrande Holcomb. So, Miss Jamie, I wanted to ask you a question. What's your relationship with freaks? And I mean people other than, you know, the guy you're married to. That's you. That's me. Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on a second. What? Yeah. Yeah. I'm just now putting this together. We, we, we get freaky. Oh, wait. I... You guys have the same last name. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. It's, well, the, it's the hyphen. It's hyphen. Yeah. Yeah. Hyphen. Wait. So you're Jean... Chris, you're Jean Grande? No, 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 no. No. I'm, I'm the H to her GH. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So you guys are married. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's legally. Legally. In wow. the eyes of the Lord. Wow. Mm-hmm. And right. the state of Florida. I, I've known both of you for longer than 20 years. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. you're welcome. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Thank Cheers. you, honey, for being here. You're welcome. No so problem. aside from us, what is your relationship with freaks? Uh, oh, my God. Besides you guys um, and the children I teach, I um, I did my college thesis on sideshows. 
Are you serious? Mm-hmm, I did. Wow. And I... She's what they call an expert. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. And when I was doing my research, and this was a long time ago, you know, before... I mean, we had internets, but it really wasn't that good. So we had, like, you know, a library on the computer, and that was pretty much it. But going down the rabbit hole of sideshows, this movie called Freak Freaks came out, and it uh, came up, and it was Todd Browning. And I was like, oh, yeah, Todd Browning, he directed... Dracula, it's got to be great because Dracula, the 32 Dracula, uh, Universal Dracula is like one of the best movies ever. So I was like, got to watch this movie. And so I uh, went to, it was at the library. It was at the public library. <laughs> I couldn't find this movie anywhere because <laughs> going down the rabbit hole of this movie, it was, um, it was actually, it was actually banned, this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, this movie, uh brought to life a lot of things that people did not want to see um and especially in 1932 yeah and so you yeah. decided to write a thesis yes! about that yes because everybody needed to Dude, about know about the movie man. or about like freaks in general and like freaks freak in shows. general oh no freak shows in general so um we all love a good movie that it's song and dance like you know greatest showman and that's yeah. Totally... I know Chris and I. That is our favorite film <laughs> of all time. Yes, it, it is, is pretty yeah. epic and yeah. it's amazing. And we watch Wol- it with an ookie cookie. Wolverine <laughs> is like. Wait a minute! Hottest... Wait a minute! Huh? The idea is that we watch the movie with a cookie in front of us, and we are coming all over the cookie. Is and then who eats it? <laughs> well, Hugh Jackman, of course. Oh. <laughs> I mean, his name is Jackman. That's right. Oh Jackman. Oh, my gosh. That makes so much sense, guys. <laughs> well, let me ask you this, Jamie, um, because I've fallen out of interest with what we were talking about. Sure, me too. What do you think <laughs> What do you think the fascination that we the, – that the, the general public – and that is not a plug for the band general public, by the way, um, the remnants of the English you beat. Speak, yeah. yeah. Uh, what Mirror do you in the think, bathroom. <laughs> what do you think – also, she drives me crazy. No, that's Fine Young Cannibals. What, that was English Beat. Those were members of English Beat formed Fine Young Cannibals. Did you know that? Well, Roland Gift wasn't a member of English Beat. Well, look, I didn't form the band, so maybe my information's not correct. Okay, look, I'm not a, I don't know everything. What? Okay, so it's That's the first lie. time I've ever been wrong in my entire life, right now. Shit. Okay, mark Wait, it hold down, on. Get, ladies and gentlemen. Everybody, everybody take a second. Take a, right take a right minute. Hold on, let me put this in okay, my phone. Put it down. Got okay. it. I marked it. it. I marked did it. Get it. It's marked! Ted! Ted, did you get it? He got it. He's well, thumbs up Jamie, what do you think the general public's fascination is with oddities, with with people that don't look like them. Two words. Voyeuristic orgy. I'll let this sit there with you guys. Just let my erections subside. <laughs> <laughs> eyes wide shut. <laughs> Not in this case. I'm no, eye wide, eyes wide open. What do you mean? What is okay, that? What does so that mean? We, as I, as I believe, we as humans love to see things that are different than us. Like, why do we slow down for, uh, like, everybody slows down for an accident, a traffic accident. I always because, call, I've always called it the angel in the wreckage, honestly. Right. Like, okay. that's like a, like a, yeah. We, yeah. We, why do we see? Why do yeah. we want to see the grotesque? We want to see, like, oh, is it, I think there's a little bit of us that like, are they okay? But that's really not what we want that's to see. Not we want to see the blood, guts, and gore, right? We yeah. want to see like how horror, how horrific is this? Okay. We want to see that. We love to see that stuff, even though we don't really like. We look through that stuff with 
eyes wide shut almost mm-hmm. like with our hands over our eyes but through our fingertips yeah, we, yeah, yeah we love seeing that but we don't love seeing that we don't know what we're looking at so it's uncanny yeah i guess it makes sense it's like why are you so excited when the trapeze artist falls does the, what, yeah. or but like we we don't want to see the accident but right. we kind of do why do people love to watch cars going around in a circle over and over and over again at 100 miles an hour because we're it, waiting for the crash we're waiting for the crash right, right. and then why does true tv exist <laughs> We're Aside from impractical crash. jokers. Or TLC. Right. Yeah, or well, TLC. That, yeah. So that you can watch Actually, World's Dumbest Criminals. That's something mm-hmm. that I'm bringing up. Because, so I love the fact of a sideshow. These poor human beings were exploited so long ago on sideshows. When you talk, we think about sideshows, I mean, it was the first look into the unknown, right? Um, we're talking about Great Depression, Dust Bowl era, all of these very poor families having giving birth to these freaks. I hate to say those. It's not a nice word, but yeah, right. So, um, BT Barnum totally bringing him out uh, because he was a dick. Um, <laughs> he would go and purchase these people. I mean, like we're talking like actual like uh, this is because P.T. Barnum was in New York like in the 1850s, right? Yeah, yeah. So is this like just another form of slavery? Yeah, well, kind of was really right. Like he gave them he I mean he gave these the people like Lobster Boy and Tom Thumb and the Siamese twins. The reason why we have the word Siamese twins were Chang and Ing. Chang and Ing, yes. That's why I married. Oh, so it's not Lady in the Train. That's why I married Chris Holcomb. He knew the name. <laughs> Changing Bunker. He knew the name. Who moved Changing? Who moved, who moved to like... North Carolina <laughs> and marry a set of sisters. <laughs> and they had like 20 kids yeah. in between them. It was insane. So you wow. have these two Thai brothers that are attached to one mm-hmm. another, and then they move to North Carolina. Where it was normal. Yeah. <laughs> to, <be laughs> to, mar- <laughs> to marry a set of sisters. Wait, brothers having sex brothers with sisters. Are there brother and sister? Were they like, so like, were they siblings? Or were they like, are they like cousins? How does that, do they have one One penis? I don't know. One long one. My daddy's married to my mommy's sister. Wait a second. Hold yeah. on. Okay, now let's not. This isn't let's, a podcast about Chinatown. We're bringing okay? it down. We're bringing it down. Not we're, a reference no. to Chinese people. This I'm talking so about the movie Chinatown. This, this is, is Siam Town. Thai Town. Oh, Thai Town. Okay, great. Thai Town. Too spicy. Ooh, I can't. <laughs> what do you want tonight? Uh, so, Italian. <laughs> so anyway, this lovely, Thai? this lovely, beautiful spicy. gentleman. Uh. P.T. Barnum, a.k.a. Um, Wolverine. Paul Thomas Barnum. Came, came around and went, and I mean, sucker born every minute. That was his, that was his, his slogan. Mm-hmm. And he basically went around to these really poor families who had these children that had these. Genetic abnormalities. Yes, absolutely. And said, hey, I can give them a better life than you. Let me help you. And they paid the family off and they basically he he they even though they were mentally sound half of them became wards of state because they couldn't take care of themselves so you had like the bearded lady was a ward of a state the only really issue she had was a little bit of extra hormones and ladies we always have those little pluck pluck but there was no pluck pluck little pluck pluck what are you talking about pluck pluck women i think the chicken lady (laughs) can i have a quarter (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) 
Gravels and crops, gravel and crops. <laughs> oh my god, they're the best. So, so basically, this guy mm-hmm. exploited these people totally, 100%. but it's not just him because mm-hmm. obviously. You know, I've I've heard the thing of like, don't eat McDonald's. McDonald's is bad for you. Right. But it's not McDonald's that's the is evil here. Really, they wouldn't be in existence if it weren't for us. Yeah, you gotta have right. a market. You yeah, have yeah, to you have to have just fulfilling so, a need. Like we can sit here all day long and say like, what a fucking piece of sure, shit. Absolutely. P. T. Barnum but was. we were the ones that were giving him those nickels yeah. and those dimes, right. To look for this <laughs> look. We wanted to see this, and he knew that. You know, he, he was the kind it. of guy that like. Every time he got like a coin, he put it between his teeth and did that. And yeah. and like, it's real. That's real. Come that's on, that's a real coin, that's fellas. Like, ding, 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 ding. <laughs> Another ten cents, fellas. <laughs> <laughs> put it in the jaw. See, we're going to splurge tonight. <laughs> um, that three-titted woman's going to be playing all night tonight. Let's see fellas. those titums, kiddos. Let's see those titums. <laughs> in in all seriousness, that's what he used to do. So, like, you have the sideshow, right? And it was like. The Siamese twins, right? Yeah. So the Siamese twins come see them. And so people were like, oh, my God. They would go see the circus. Oh, elephants. Look at that. And then they said, hey, for an extra five cents, you can go see what's behind this curtain. And we are curious. Like, humans are curious. And they're oddities. Like, it's curiosity. All of that stuff goes together. So we like, yeah, I want to fucking see what's in there. I and these are like the 10 in 1 shows, right? The totally 10 in 1 so shows. So what is a 10 in 1 show, Jamie? I don't know. What is it, Chris? I don't know. You're, you're the expert. You tell us. <laughs> the 10 in 1 is basically, it's a sideshow. So you had 10 acts with one price. So you would have, like, for example, um, you would go through different tents, yeah. right? So it was like, go, go deeper, go deeper, go deeper. And the, you would get like a nickel for every, every time. So by the end, you're seeing like a naked person. Yeah. Um, or were you? Were you? you it depended on okay, the show. Okay, it depended on the show. Yeah. Um, there, is, there is an awesome uh, TV show called Carnival. That really explains. Yeah, my buddy really Nick Stahl is the star of that oh show. Oh my god, it's so great! Shout it's out to a, you, Nick. Hope you're doing well, bud. Yeah, Nick. Burp, burp, burp. Um, <laughs> but it really does he explain. Was what? Yeah, he was. Yes, he was. He was also in the best Terminator movie. <gasps> oh my gosh, that's right. John Connor. <laughs> oh, we love you, Nick. Hanging out with Claire Danes. It's practically perfect. <laughs> So you have these ten and ones, and people would just keep going through all these tents, and finally, you either got to see the real deal, or you were a schmuck and didn't get to see anything. And either way, everyone won. So, for mm-hmm. for example, like uh, the Siamese twins, <clears throat> it, they would probably be at the end, and towards the end of that curtain, they would be naked. And you can see them what they look like naked. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then people could touch them and, like, touch their backs. And Really? Yes. So it would get to that kind of, like, really creepy. Really creepy grotesque. It wasn't like... Well, wouldn't that be, like, the modern equivalent of, like, DLC, though? Would you have to pay a little bit more to get that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we we all... (laughs) Here's... I mean, I do. Not anymore. I'm married. I get it for free. Yeah, I don't have to pay for anything. I don't know what the fuck you guys are talking about. That said, Mm -hmm. the idea that... These oddities have been a part. They're like proto sure. uh, genre film mm-hmm. in a way. Kind of segues perfectly. Obviously, our theme tonight is freaks. What? So we should program Chris a double bill of freak films. Do it. 
Ooh, that sounds kind of freaky. I you like can't. that. Let's get freaky, Brandon. I'm I'm feeling it, man. Are you feeling that? You feel that? You smell that? Feeling it. You smell that? Oh, oh, oh. Listen, Sorry, listen, guys. Sorry, listen. That was you me. smell something? That was me. That was me. <laughs> oh, that was me. Line in a movie. Oh, ever. Listen. Shh, quiet. Listen. Ding-ding-ding. You smell you something? Smell something. <laughs> well, why don't we? Okay, so we've all brought a movie to the table here, Chris yeah. Holcomb. Yes, why Brandon. Why don't you go ahead and pick our first film? Alrighty, well, I'm going to pick our first film, and our first film is 1993's Freaked. Ooh! Yeah, baby! Ricky Coogan, Brat Pack Sleazebag, <laughs> Elijah C. Scuggs, Freak Show Tycoon, an amateur bioengineer. I can look at a guy like Kevin Costner. And see a giant peach grub. When fate brought them together, Mr. Scuggs took an average Hollywood slime ball and made something out of him. <laughs> oh, God! This was my good side! 20th Century Fox presents Freaked. It's about friendship. I thought I told you to shut up! Loyalty. I say we kill him! Life's big questions. How many feminists does it take to screw in a light bulb? No show business. The public does not want to see disgusting, depraved, violent Bill. And I suppose Jake and the fat man was just a fluke. It's about state-of-the-art technology. It's about Mr. T's, the bearded lady. I am woman. Now like me. It's about Bobcat Goldthwait as a sock. It's the end of the world! The apocalypse! Ah! It'll make you laugh. It'll make you cry. <laughs> and it'll make a cold sore that you thought had healed up start bugging you again. In Freaked, coming soon to a uh, theater. Freaked, but ugly, but funny. Welcome to show business, morons! Directed by the duo of Tom Stern and Alex Winter. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, that Alex Winter from The Lost Boys. <laughs> oh, that one? From Death Wish 3. Oh, yeah, Death Wish 3. <laughs> definitely. Most definitely. And then there was another little, what was it? There was another little movie he did. Um, what the hell was that? Hold on a second. Uh, John uh, Wick. John Wick. No, he wasn't John Wick. Uh, the John Matrix. Wick. No, no, he wasn't in the Matrix. No, Bram was, Stoker's Bram Sto- was he Blackula. In that? No, no, he wasn't in that one either. Okay, well, what, what the fuck? I was think it we've called? gone through pretty much every. I don't know any. Those have. are the only movies that exist. Yeah, exactly. Ever. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Bill and Ted. Bill yeah, and Ted. Yeah. Yes, Alex Winter from Bill and Ted. Wait, the Bill and Ted? <laughs> well, he was Bill S. Preston Esquire. Oh, yes, that guy, Alex Winter. He was also Marco from The Lost Boys. That's right. Yeah. You were either dude, you were either a Ted or a, a Bill. Yeah, like even the ladies, you were team like you were team Ted or team, team Bill. Te- yeah, mm-hmm. which one were you? Ted. 100%. You were Ted. Was he Paul Ted? Werewolf? Yes. Okay. Okay. Right, I was just making sure. Got it. Just yeah, totally before sure. there were fucking twinkling <clears throat> fucking vampires. Oh, well, wait a second. Head. Actually, there's something fun that I get to talk about a little bit when I start describing oh, this movie. Keep so going. Let me tell you about Freak. Can't so, wait. um, anyway, Alex Winter and Tom Stern uh, were NYU film students. They actually went to Tisch, and uh, so I mean that was totally their bag. They mm-hmm. are educated film students and yep. everything. And um, <clears throat> later on, they got picked up. Uh, I think it was probably after Lost Boys, and it was after. It was. I think it was right after Bill and Ted. I right feel after like. Bill and it, Ted, that uh, MTV came to Alex Winter and uh, and and Tom Stern and said, "Hey, uh, we want to do a project." 
And they created this show called The Idiot Box. That's right. Which this is back when, like, MTV was, like, super fucking awesome. Like, they had kind of started to... Did they have, like, music on MTV? Well, yes. Actually, they did have music on MTV. And that was kind of, like, one of the strange things about everything that they were doing. Because they were starting to program other types of content. You know, they had specific shows that were geared towards, you know, this was long before TRL. And, of course, even I'm sure there's a lot of people that are listening Mm -hmm. right now that are like, what's What's TRL? TRL? Um, But back in the days when MTV actually played music videos... They started to transition and do more television programming. So, um, like, regular shows, like Real World, you know, was one of the big ones. Uh, Liquid Television, which is one of my all-time favorites. It was an animation block. The State. The State, yeah, yeah, which was sketch comedy. And also they had this other show called The Idiot Box uh, that Alex Winter and and Tom Stern put together. And it was just super fucking surreal, man. I mean, Mm -hmm. this stuff was just absolutely insane. Um, It's it's sketch comedy, but it was just super nihilistic and Mm -hmm. and, and crazy. And it just make you laugh. Like the very first episode, I think, because they only made like six episodes. Like the show was just that extreme. I can relate to that. (laughs) (laughs) but i think i think like in the very first episode um they've got alex winter and as he's like introducing the show it's like these two mob guys that are standing outside of a like of a car and they open up the trunk and inside is alex winter and then he begins to like kind of explain hey welcome to the idiot box and everything like that and then these two guys like proceed to beat the shit out of him (laughs) while he's trying to go through and just kind of like plug the intro for the show talking about like what the show's about and everything and i think at one point they like they stab him and then they shoot him and he's still just kind of rattling off you know what the show is about and everything so i mean it just from the beginning it it started off as super strange um there were some other actors that were actually involved in that show um trying to think here who else was on that uh john hawks who oh wow uh, yeah yeah which uh, i guess most recently he got an academy award nomination for uh three billboards outside of uh ebbing missouri that's which is okay yeah yeah, all right and so he was you know that's the uh very recognizable character actor absolutely um and, who, but well, that, who was in this movie? In the movie Freaked? Who? Oh well, actually, Alex Winter, aside from directing the movie and producing the movie and writing the movie, is the lead actor in the movie as well. Um, <laughs> Did anyone want you, you, to do anything else in the movie? <laughs> Just then, yeah. No, he's He's like, like, listen, I got this idea. See, I'm going to do everything. See, I'll be I'll everything. Be everything. <laughs> well, I mean, that's that's the thing. Like off the strength, because like after the Idiot Box and everything, that that show only lasted like six episodes, and I think it was just too much, but. People at 20th Century Fox saw that show and, like, approached Alex Winter and Tom Stern and said, hey, guys, let's make a movie. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, it wasn't even like that they had to go and, like, shop around for it. Like, they approached these two guys and said, let's make a fucking movie. And they're like, okay, cool. So, like, they give him, like, 10, 12, 13 million dollars and stuff and they said uh so what do you guys want to do you know you got some ideas here and i think originally the movie was supposed to be like a music video or some sort of like film thing for the butthole surfers that's right i, I remember <laughs> note like that they were developing a feature film for the, the butthole, butthole surfers, surfers of which they had directed yeah. music videos for mm-hmm. them and they and it was just a totally insane movie that eventually... Well, I mean, if you, if you know anything about the Butthole Surfers, yeah, those guys were fucking off-the-wall, batshit crazy, too. And um, they had one hit song I called did... Pepper. 
Can we sing? We'll some put it of in that? right here in this part of the All podcast. Right, I don't mind the sun sometimes. The image I'm so sorry. I don't know it, and I'm okay with I can that. Taste you <laughs> you would, on I, my I think lips you would know it if you heard it. I probably know it if I heard clothes. it. Yeah. Actually, oh, I kind of think song. of. song. Well, you know, <laughs> Add that in and post. Who was in my room last night? Who the hell was in my bed? You know, because I think Pepper was on what Electric Larry Land. Electric Larry Land, that's right, that's right. And then the album prior to that, which was I think like their first big studio release and everything, um, that was who was in my room last night. That was the name of the album. No, I'm trying to remember what the name of the album was. Fart Party Three. No, not Fart Party. It was Fart Party Seven. Oh, that's the original soundtrack that they did the score to. Okay. Anyway, so. Or Party 3 Who, was but, all of my middle Yeah, well, I mean, this movie's got a bunch of people. I mean, you know, Alex Winter's in it. Uh, Michael Stoyanov, who was like the druggy brother on Blossom. Yeah, so, yeah. So, yeah, he was on there. Uh, mm-hmm. Megan Ward, who was in Encino Man. Yeah, the other white, uh, uh, white, oh, girl, yeah, yeah. white girl. And, of course, one of the kings of crazy right there, Randy Quaid. Yeah, right. Queen. Love yeah. Yeah. I love, love a Randy Quaid. <clears throat> Still to this day, you love him? But, yeah. I mean, okay. wait, 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 wait. wait. You know, <laughs> I mean, besides listen, that, and John Hawks. Yeah, but Randy Quaid <laughs> is a, <laughs> a lovable, crazy-ass person you, you say lovable you still say lovable. i don't love him i love <laughs> to hate him okay all right he's just crazy and sometimes it's okay to love the crazy and he's got a big bushy he's and he's like look at the fruits yeah <laughs> well, he, he's fucking hysterical he's in this insane. movie but i mean like this movie you, you'd be surprised it's got there's a tons bunch of, of cameos he doesn't there's, get butt well, sex yeah. by aliens uh, <laughs> we, we had said like john hawks earlier too and remember that john hawks was in from dusk till dawn That's like right. that whole with opening sequence with buddy michael parks. michael parks and i say good buddy because which is loved him Probably one of the him. greatest scenes. I mean, I, I just I love that whole scene yeah. in the convenience store. We actually have an entire segment of a previous episode where we do the whole scene. Yeah. Oh my god, I'm so I might happy have cut I wasn't I don't remember. You'll know <laughs> if Miss, you subscribe. Mr. Smash that subscribe button. So yeah. Smash it. Smash it. Subscribe. <laughs> so Mr. T's in this movie. Okay. Uh, we've got Bobcat Goldthwait mm-hmm. who's oh, in this movie. Yeah. Uh, Brooke Shields is in this movie. It makes and it classy. William yeah. Sadler, man, Bill Sadler. Oh wow! Um, oh wait a second, but wait, hold on. We got we got Alex Winter. He's in this movie, and Bill Sadler. So we've got two of the three leads of Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. But there's <laughs> oh wait a more. second, but there's more. Keep okay? going, Christopher. In a completely. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the honeymoon, your honeymoon. Yeah, it's exactly. Just, yeah, wait a second. My pants Hold on a, a second, honey. I got wait till you see this in an uncredited Do it, role in this movie. Do it, Christopher. As Ortiz, the dog-faced boy, you have Yes, that's right. John Wick himself, Kanunu. Yay! <laughs> Kanunu! Reeves. Did he? Who, I'm sorry, dude. It looks like he is having it? so much fucking fun in this movie playing <laughs> yeah. Ortiz, the dog face boy. He is head to toe, covered in fur, and is just like living it up. I heard he got paid actually a lot. Of money <laughs> he got like a million movie. bucks did just really? to do this party. Insane. Insane. So well, they're not like that good of friends. <laughs> He's like, hey, hey, Keanu, would you please be in my direct Sure, oh my God, that'd be so awesome. Yeah, totally for a million dollars. <laughs> Wait, well, we only have like $12 million for the budget. No, it's all good. I'm totally worth it. No, here's the awesome idea. Like, I'll put my whole body in hair and you won't even know it's me. No, we, no, we want to we'll see your face. Better. No, no, no. <clears throat> you won't see my face. You'll be a doll. It'll be a major selling point for the movie to have me in the movie. Yeah. But we're not going to tell anybody yeah. that I'm in the movie. No, wait. And, and you, you give me a million dollars. Yeah, you want a million dollars? Yes, you're welcome. Only. Well, no, not really. No, I don't really t- want it. My agent says I, I need it so he can get 10% of that. Yeah. First of all, I'm blown away that, Keanu, you have 
two voices talking at the same time. I don't know how you do that. Well, well you, know, you know, I know I Kung know Fu. <laughs> <laughs> All right, t- Chris, what the fuck? Because I don't think a lot of people know about this movie. What is well, the plot this, of this movie? Uh, yeah, because this movie is I'm not going to lie. Rarity. I watched it with him. It's a and I still don't know. Yeah, it's what, what's, what's the movie Keep about? Going. Okay, so you've got this... Uh, so, Oh, oh, wait, wait. Oh, we, have, we, have, we have an IMDb synopsis. What? Yeah. Oh, Hold on a second. Pull up mine. Let me, let me, let me go through you, and check You've got it on a piece okay. of paper in front so, of you. <laughs> the IMDb synopsis for this film is a vain actor, his best friend, and an activist end up at a mutant freak farm run by a weirdo scientist. <laughs> oh, weirdo. All right. And I guess who the weirdo is. <clears throat> Keon. No, Randy. Randy Quick. Okay. Yeah. Here's the thing, Chris. This is it. Really, isn't a very well-known movie. No, it's not. No. But um, I remember, for me, I feel like this movie growing up was on Comedy Central yes. a lot. They did play it on Comedy Central. They also played it on HBO. So did there, you get okay. like all the swearing the and a lot HBO? of the more disgusting. But the movie, the movie was only PG thirteen. <laughs> it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't yeah, it that wasn't hard of a rating. Mm-hmm. But th- I, I want to just read. There's a review here. <laughs> Um, that somebody wrote about this movie that I want to just kind of get out of the way. Please. Um, yes, we don't necessarily please. like to defend the movies that we've chosen, but not everybody does agree with the films that we've picked. Mm-hmm. And back in 1999, somebody named Kabumpo8, um, <laughs> emphasis on bum, wrote this. Horrible, crude, and vile. This is the worst film I have ever seen at this production value. Ooh. Worse yet is the fact that it managed to get a PG-13 rating despite language, sex, and (laughs) sadism. Its attempts at humor are really lame. It occasionally has some good ideas, but this was essentially a big-budget B-movie. What? The film blew way too much money on special effects and managed to play for about a week. My local Suncoast, and for those of you who don't know, Suncoast was a video chain. Motion picture chain, company. Was trying to sell off applauses, 10-inch figurines of the characters at $1 a piece a couple of years later. See this if you're looking for something in very, very, very bad taste. Uh, Kabumpo 8, I gotta tell you, you didn't turn anybody off with that no. review yeah, well fact, actually push, you know something? it's it's quite forward. accurate it's a very <laughs> accurate review <laughs> the whole reason we go and see freaks yes. so that we can see something in very 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 bad I mean, taste let's, let's point this out here okay it was rated pg-13 yes mm-hmm. okay language yeah there's a little bit of language but it's really not that bad i don't really recall a whole lot of sex i don't I remember mean, any sex. there's there's a little remember. bit of like you know they they make some kind of window snide comments and everything like that because nothing the, the two nothing. lead characters at the very beginning of the movie are assholes yeah and they try to establish the fact that they are assholes and you know that's part of their their hero's journey part of their arc <laughs> You know, um, sadism. Yes, definitely. There's 100%. there's lots of sadism in there. So that I mean, is Randy Quaid's in this movie, guys. Of course, there's sadism. <laughs> Occasionally, it, it did have some good ideas. There was some some good stuff in there. But essentially, this was a big budget B movie. Yeah, it was. It was. They gave them thirteen you mean like, million. 13 like Star Wars and Jaws. Yeah, a big exactly. budget B movie. God, yeah. let's not. We don't want those on this no, list. No. Ew, gross. We, we Yuck. forget. But they gave them thirteen million dollars, one of which went to Keanu. Okay, <laughs> and then the remaining twelve actually is pretty. Guys, I don't, you the need... film blew too much money on special effects and managed to play for about a week. Well, those things are actually accurate as well. Yeah, they had to hire I think like three different effects companies. I know Steve Johnson handle. did it right. Like uh, no, Cabrera? it wasn't Steve Johnson. No, it was uh, Tony Gardner. Oh, Tony Al- Gardner. Okay, Alterian. Um, 
they also had the Kyoto Brothers that were doing okay. some of the stuff that was on there. And the uh, the maestro of the mayhem that you find in, I know, one of your absolute favorite movies, Brandon, Society, Screaming Mad oh, George. Oh, good old Screaming Mad George! Screaming Mad George! I want to get him on the show, <clears throat> by the way. I love Screaming Mad George. Yes. I want, I want him to be a guest. I wish we could find a way to murder your wife and have okay. him be here instead. Cool. Bye, guys. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. We don't. We. I don't want him that bad. Actually, I think honestly, we could probably just leave and just have Jamie and Screaming Mad George. That's accurate. Oh my god! Record the rest of our podcast together. Okay, deal. I don't know. You guys because Screaming Mad George is Japanese. People like me more than both of you together, but that's okay. (laughs) As you were, we do know it. It's true. (laughs) We do know it. Once again, I mean, this 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 is all about facts in this episode and freaks. (laughs) Very factual. So anyway, but like to to not give too much of uh, you know spoilers and everything like that. But I mean, the plot of this movie is that you have this child star who is now an adult and basically he has sold out to this mega corporation that is trying to uh, change people's mind about this uh, chemical that they manufacture and are trying to sell as a fertilizer in South America. So essentially it's Mark Paul Gosselaar now working for Peacock NBC doing the Save by the Bell reboot. That hurt my heart, but yes. Oh, okay. Anyway, moving on. So, anywho, uh, Bill Sadler, who is the president of the uh, Everything Except Shoes Company, the EES Company, the EES. Uh, has hired uh, this this actor Ricky Coogan, played by uh, Alex Winter, to uh, promote things down in South America. To be like just, the face, yeah, to be the face of the company that while they try to sell this stuff called Zygrot Twenty Four which has been banned in every other country in the world except for some certain countries mm-hmm. in South America. So they fly these guys down to Santa Flan. <laughs> the, name, the name of the country is Santa Flan. And uh, as, so as, as, as they... The I've been there, by the way. Yeah. Santa Flan? Yeah. How is it? It smells like burnt sugar. Yeah. Uh, he, he got it. He nailed caramel? it. Caramel? Yeah. Tastes like caramel in the yeah. air? Yeah. Well, we Delicious. say caramel. Oh. Well, I say caramel. <laughs> heathen. Who says Caramel. We yeah. say caramel. You say caramel. Well. Caramel. See, yeah, this is what happens when you have a northerner married to a southerner. You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> it's a house divided. It's true. Yep. It's a regular Shakespearean tragedy over here. <laughs> I'm drinking my Coca-Cola while she has her Pepsi. I mean, Coke is a big thing in, in New York where I come from, but mm, Pepsi just tastes yeah, better. Yeah, that's not the Coke yeah, not the same kind of Coke. Yeah, I don't think it's the oh, same kind of Coke. Yeah, I know. You have to go down to the back. We Brooklyn, all know you know, Brandon. He almost spilled all that bourbon on my computer. Speaking <laughs> of freaks, Brandon used to snort Coke <laughs> off of the third tit of a freak on Cody Island. They're called titums. <laughs> Thank you. It's all true. <laughs> But anywho, uh, he goes down uh, with his best friend uh, to kind of smooth over the reputation of this Zygrot 24, and there's a whole bunch of protesters that are down there, so he kind of disguises himself, and they wind off sharing a car, uh, driving off, and later on the protester realizes, which is uh, Megan Ward, by the way, mm-hmm. um, she recognizes that it's actually Ricky Coog, and she's like, oh my god, I can't believe it, and then all of a sudden they see this freak show on the side of the road or at least a sign for the freak show said oh let's go in so sure enough they pull into this roadside freak show and the freak show is run by uh randy quay yeah i was gonna say he's got a really who else would run a fucking freak show in the middle of nowhere 
Well, I mean, it's Randy, Randy Quaid. Quaid. Hey, you know, by the way, I you know th- because there hasn't been enough just digression in this episode. I want to just take a minute. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> by the way, we're forty six minutes in. Um, I want to. <laughs> I want to just say, do you guys remember, because you both lived in Orlando, yep. just like mm-hmm. I did as well. Yep. Do you guys remember I-4? Yes. The sign on I-4 that was like Haunted House. Yes. It was like the mystery, the wizard. It was like it just. Yeah. It was like a really run-down, really was, trashy sign that was beat up, aged, sun-stained. You're not talking about Terror on Church Street, are nope. you? No, it no, was no, not no, no, Terror no, no, on Church no. Street. No, it, it was... It, it, was the, it just said like Haunted House or something. Yeah, it was on the corner... Of it was at the end of I Drive. It was over yeah, by in a plaza, basically, yeah. and it mm-hmm. was like had a giant wizard on it. Correct. Okay, so for years I would drive by this thing on I four, traveling mm-hmm. between Tampa and Orlando, family and girlfriends, and visiting all mm-hmm. of the above. And I would see the sign one day. I was like, uh, my buddy Justin and I from uh-huh. the movie that. Yes. Okay. Um, See, I won't digress that far and talk about like <laughs> the past going, history. Where we Just keep from. moving forward. But we were like, "Fuck it, let's go look at this fucking old haunted house. See if it at least still exists." Mm-hmm. So we drove down I Drive, found it. Does 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 not did no, does, does it's still, still there. exist? Closed down in a plaza with a giant wizard outside mm-hmm. of it, like a big. Right, was it a with the hat, like a, with yeah, the wizard like, a, hat, like right? a literally like an old man wizard with a purple. It was like a purple, a purple with, blue with stars. Not to be confused, there is another attraction in Orlando with a big wizard man, yes. but not the same thing. Anyway, so we were like, "Oh wow, this is it!" Well, it turns out the doors were unlocked, so we just opened the doors and went in, As and you. it was literally a closed down haunted house. house, and we wandered around, and it was like. I mean, it's exactly what you would expect it to be. It mm-hmm. was like everything was, it was just a dark covered ride. in dust. It was a dark ride. But Dilapidated. There was not, yes, it was really kind of creepy. And uh, we walked into a workroom and we set off this alarm. Like there was, we like, oh, duh, motion detectors. Huh? So we set up this alarm. All these lights start flashing in the place. We like tore out of there, ran. Cops started coming. We literally were so panicked that we were going to go to jail for the rest of our lives. <laughs> We drove to the fucking Taco Bell, like drove down I Drive, went to Taco Bell, pulled off of the Taco Bell, went in and ordered a bunch of food and acted like we had been in Taco Bell for like six hours eating tacos so we wouldn't go to jail for breaking into the wizard's house. That was the attraction. They were asking, they were coming to ask That's you for your money. That's what it was. Yeah. So like, it was part of the show. Did you have fun? Good. God you owe me $12 That was a, a great haunted house. That was the best. <laughs> Holy shit. They really did it. They, but like, they tracked you down because first there. they followed the shit stains that you guys left <laughs> out of the haunted house. Yes. And then they tracked the yes. shit guys, stains Brandon. all the way to the Taco Bell. <laughs> and then after sitting at Taco Bell for three hours eating Taco Bell, they followed the shit stains from eating the Taco Bell all the way back to your apartment in Altamont Springs. <laughs> and that's where they arrested you. Brendan, surprise and the cops then, are here today. Come on, guys. Come on it. Hey! hey! It's Fred and uh, Barney. How you time. doing, guys? Hey. About time. You won't take me alive! <laughs> you owe me $12. <laughs> $2. $2. Oh, fuck. Let's just bring that movie back $2. to you tonight. I have it at my house. Okay, anyway. Best movie ever. All right. Um... So where were we well, I, before I was so rudely interrupted ask, why with is, your shit stain story? <laughs> why do you think the movie Freaked is so great? Well, it delivers. I mean, this movie is fucking over the top mm-hmm. from the get-go, okay? Yeah. Uh... All the money that they put into this movie, it's like, it's there on the screen. Really yeah, totally you, do, you do get to see it. The special effects are awesome. Yeah. I mean, yes, okay, it's not 
a realistic presentation, okay? But it's it's fucking surrealism. Uh, it's just over the top. You know, yes, there's it's Still gross. To this day it's, remember those opening credits? Gross. Well, yeah, those, that like, I mean, psychedelic opening oh, credits. Yeah. With the- well, because it's 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 kind of a form of claymation and everything. Yes. And they use the same artist that used to do the intro for the Idiot Box, yes. which this guy used to like mold these blocks of clay, you know, just swirls of color and would actually have, you know, words and stuff spill out. And the way the guy animated this was that he would go through, photograph the clay block, then cut off a layer of the clay, photograph what was underneath in the next layer, cut off another layer of clay. So it was super time consuming. But um, Blind Idiot God, which was like a fucking punk instrumental band oh, yeah. does like the opening intro song fucking Henry Rollins There's a, it has a crazy soundtrack well th- that's kind of the shitty part about this movie though too is that like because this originally started off as a project for the butthole surfers right. and everything there was this whole huge idea that they had for a great soundtrack album and just a soundtrack and I mean Iggy Pop like cut a track for this and everything but at the very very kind of end of principal photography when they started to get ready to go into post-production on this movie uh there was a regime change at 20th century fox always the worst thing that that ever happened and the new we don't want to have anything to do with this film we didn't involve we were not involved we were i can't believe it was it was in production when we were crossing over so ridiculous they watched the 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 Mm. dailies and stuff for for this movie and immediately slashed the budget for post-production so, you know, you have this movie that's basically got, you know, all this great footage that's in the can. And Keanu. And Keanu covered in hair, <laughs> which uh, really, I, 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 you know, I would rank it up there with some of his best performances. <laughs> is it as good as his performance of Bram Stoker's Black Dude, oh, Ten times God, better. Oh, my God, so good. Ten times better. Like, like, this movie really good in that. Yeah, so this good. movie came out like a year after... You know, Bram Stoker's yeah, Dracula and everything. Yeah, okay. You know, which is why I guess he was able to ask for a million dollars at that point. Um, but he's just, he's having so much fun on screen. But anywho, uh, the the soundtrack got cut. So there was very little of what they had planned uh, for this movie. Promotion went... But that wasn't the only thing that got cut. I mean, like, the movie itself was heavily edited. Oh, right? absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, the studio really had a hard time they wrapping didn't, their heads They had around. no idea how to go through and promote the film, which they just decided we're not going to. I think it opened on two screens. That's Really? Insane. That's it? Yeah, I think it opened on two That's screens. Insane. That's crazy. And, you know, all this promotion stuff that they had had planned, like... Uh, you know, like, uh, what is it, Kabump, what, Kabumpo 8 had mentioned, too, that, you know, they had these applause 10-inch figurines that they had done as part of the promotion, mm-hmm. and the idea for that basically got cut, mm-hmm. so they wound up, you know, well, just trying to kind of sell those sucks, things It sucks, because movies like that, you, it is such a, it becomes like pop culture at the end of it, like, the, they'll... To put the money in post is where the money should be. Yeah. Because yeah. that's where... I'll... I just love that they were like, no, 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 no. We've got to put all of our budget into Sliver. Yeah. <laughs> we got to put all of our budget... we we got to pull the budget from this weird movie and put it into Son-in-Law starring Polly Shore. <laughs> So good. <laughs> Sliver I mean, got me laid, so I can't really get it. Yeah, oh dude, my I, God. I, I, I took dates if, to if that. There's guys, any movie me. that I feel like looks like the the epitome of like pilled out sex, it is Sliver. Sliver. I Sharon Stone looks like she is like, like she's cra- yeah, like, yeah, when he's like got up against the door jam, you know, uh, and then Billy Baldwin's going to town movie. on her. 
Yeah, I know. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the, the girl that I was hot. dating. No, they're not. They're that's creepy. It. They're creepy to me. She just looks like a rabbit. She looks like she's stuck. <laughs> she looks like she was like, I worked for this. I worked my ass <laughs> off for this. I let them piss I... in the water during Alan Quatermain in the city of gold for this. You're right. Yeah, I know. I'm always right, as we've established, that except is for not earlier accurate. in the podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, it is not accurate. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know me. I do, I do, just a little bit. But, I mean, you see, it's just, there's so many great things about this movie. You've, you've got Randy Quaid in this completely, like, off-the-wall role as, as a, Elijah as K. Quaid. Scruggs, yes. who runs the freak show. But here's the thing. His freak show is different. He's actually using the Zygrot 24 to create freaks. Oh. So when Alex Winter shows up with Megan Ward and with Michael Stoyanov and everything, he kidnaps them, straps them down Frankenstein style, and then uses this giant machine that runs off of Zygrot 24 to transform them into freaks. Mm-hmm. So he winds up like splicing Michael Stoyanov and Megan Ward together. So it's kind of a he, she sort of thing. It's this thing with two heads, half male, half female. She's a feminist, you know, activist. He's a sexist pig. So of course, you know, it's a match made in hell. Yeah. It's um, kind of like a uh, toxic crusaders. I kind of sort of. Yes. Yeah. You know, the cartoon version of, toxic um, and then of course he's going to go through and he's going like to mutate Alex winter. <laughs> Ours or yours. But he yes. runs out of Zyke. <laughs> I'm trying to talk here, motherfuckers. Sorry. <laughs> Some motherfuckers always <laughs> try to ice skate uphill. <laughs> I think we got to get that in every episode. Dude. We do we at this point. Chris, episode. at this point, I think we do. I didn't even know until I was listening to the Possessed episode. I was like, oh my God. We actually... <laughs> Some motherfuckers always trying to ice skate uphill. All right, it's sorry, one of the greatest right. lines. But, you know, anyway, uh, they're going to turn Alex Winter into a freak, but Randy Quaid runs out of Zygrot 24, so Alex Winter only has half, half of his of body, freak? like, transformed. And it's kind of like a regular. giant gremlin. Yeah. Right? He does. Like he looks, got, like a gremlin, looks like a gremlin. You know, and, you know, people talk about, geez, he's drooling all the time. Well, I think because the appliances they actually had in his face he and really mouth was. and stuff like that, he <laughs> couldn't close his mouth, so the drool is actually real. God, I, I honestly remember being blown away <laughs> by the creature creativity of like the makeup design in that movie oh, or, the, it's insane, the, or the appliances the effects and everything and i also the other thing that really hit me when i was younger and that movie was on mr t in a dress was um uh <laughs> not necessarily mr t in a dress um although Bobcat i Goldthwait have, was I a have learned to cope with those sexual frustrations and deal with it how about lee ehrenberg farting fire the entire that's movie right. and that's all he does god but see what, what really mm. appealed to me was the same thing that like i was really into with uh, the second Bill and Ted Bogus Journey, mm-hmm. um, which I, I actually think is a far superior film. The the, the it's very Evil Dead like in its yeah. storytelling, the, the way the camera moves, it's so in your face. These wide angle lenses, these very vivid colors, Dutch angles, Dutch angles, everything I that I loved about like, and I you know it's I almost like a it's almost like a cartoon. And it's very when... much like a cartoon. Now, did Tom Stern direct Bill and Ted Two? Bogus Journey? I don't think so. No? Okay. I, I, I rem- Those two movies are really actually like perfect companion pieces mm-hmm. in that regard because they're so similar in their, in their tone. It's that pop culture. It's, I feel like those – when I, I've seen Freak before too and it's – looking back at it now – it's very pop. It's like got like that pop art. It's I mean, pop it's art. Got a, well, it's, it's yeah. got that the pop concepts. art. The colors, the greens, and the yeah. pinks. Those, yeah. definitely. Those but, costumes. I mean, the, the colors. I mean, I'm sorry, not the, but the concept for both of those movies. I mean, mm-hmm. they're they're so absurd. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's just right. it's complete absurdism. Right. 
And, and I think that's why it works because you know, there's, it, there's so energy in the storytelling. So the storytelling just kind of carries you along, whether, you know, you don't really have to kind of pay a whole lot of attention. The character designs are so distinctive. I mean, like yeah. the freaks uh-huh. themselves. I mean, yeah. you've got Mr. T as the bearded lady. Yeah. You've got John Hawks as the cowboy. And what is he? Well, he's an anthropomorphic cow. Yeah, that's a, dressed up in a, a cowboy, cowboy hat <laughs> with udders and all that's kinds right. of shit, that's and he right. always has the words of wisdom. Uh-huh. You know, what hey. a weird fucking movie. Oh, it's, I mean, it is so weird. And, and you said Gremlin, like that—that's the first thing I saw when I when I saw him come out of that. Well, he's got the yeah, thing. he's got the big and ear. That's the first thing I but think really of too. I honestly, it's like, oh, it's the Gremlin. It's actually a lot closer that. to those rat fink illustrations. Yeah, well, yeah, mm. and actually, I think that was probably some of the actual inspirata that they wound up using well, I, I, for that. You know, Norman Cabrera, who is yeah. a makeup effects artist, mm-hmm. he's I believe Norman Cabrera is who sculpted Alex Winters plot his that yeah. thing, and and he did something very similar for. Uh, he 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 did a music video um, that was just very similar in style. He did it like a Rob Zombie music video, but there was another video where there was like a rat think kind of like creature that mm-hmm. looked a lot liked like what he did for Freaked. Anyway, just brilliant artists working on that. Film. Like to me, well, that's Freaked the is big, a work that's, of art. That's like, that's the big appeal I think to that friggin' movie. There yeah. is just you know the it's special pretty, effects alone. It's cool to the look creature at creature creation yes. cool in at. that and everything. And I mean, even some of the humor. I mean, like you know, there's some one-liners. There's some dated fucking jokes in that movie sure, as well. well. But I mean, I think one of the best things that they have in there is is Randy Quaid where he's sitting in his house and the freaks are all trying to like plan a way to escape from this freak show and everything and they get into Randy Quaid's lab and they're trying to kind of find some of this zygrot bee that they can use to maybe use on him or transform themselves so they can get out of there and everything and they knock over like a styrofoam cup and it hits the floor and then like in a completely different building you see Randy Quaid turn around (laughs) and look out the window and all of a sudden he says styrofoam cup So, of course, you know, he hears a styrofoam cup. I mean, it's just, it's absurd. It's absolutely absurd. The humor is just out there and off the wall. I mean, it's it's a good time. Yeah. Can you give me some, give us some drive-in totals. What does this movie got going for it? Uh, Well, you've got a bunch of freaks. You've got Bobcat (laughs) Goldthwait with a sock head (laughs) who dies violently. You've got Rastafari's. I mean, the Rastafari's. I didn't even talk about that. The guards that keep the freaks from escaping are two giant Giant eyeballs. I totally that have fucking dreadlocks and machine guns, and they go, "We Rastafari's bomba clot," you know. It's oh like, my oh. god! I, I totally believe. forgot about that. I wonder if that's the reason the movie that started my obsession with drawing eyeballs. Like, I, I, like, I'm obsessed with eyeballs. So like, am I. I mean, you've you got a giant fucking dude <laughs> that's hanging out of like so the weird. iris of one of the yes. eyeballs. Yeah. Oh my god! It's uh, yeah. it's just it's it's off the wall. It's crazy. Brooke Shields is in the movie playing this interviewer who is, you know, you know, she's the wraparound story. Yep. And I'm not going to spoil mm-hmm. anything yep. there. You got to watch the movie. Yep. Um, well, where can you even find this movie? That's a good question. That's the really shitty part, yeah. man, is that about, I want to say almost 20 years ago, 17 years ago in 2003, they did a 10 year. Yeah. I remember seeing release. a DVD special edition that had all sorts of wild shit on it. And I, remember really wanting to buy it and not having any money to do so. Yeah. And I was like, I know one day I'm going to regret 
not buying yeah. this And it's movie. out of print. Yeah, yeah it's, it's really hard print. to find. Actually, I remember... I, it was a movie that we were having a hard time trying to figure yeah, out man. how you were going to talk about it. I, well, Stars supposedly has the rights to it and everything. Okay. And if you go and check, it says that it's on Stars. But then if you go and get on Stars and try to do their streaming service or anything, or uh, it yeah. says it's this movie available. is unavailable at this time. Yeah. Um, I don't know if there's litigation going on with that. There must anything. be. There's, yeah, it's probably, has, you know, honestly, I, it, it could have something to do because – with the soundtrack Guys, it's issues. Keanu. Well, I think it's it could be soundtrack issues because you know we were talking about this uh, another digression. Here we uh-huh. go, but like Better Off Dead, Ooh, that movie that. is yep. you. It's you cannot find it anywhere uh, digitally. It's mm-hmm. you can't buy it. You can't rent it. Nothing. So like you lent me your DVD copy mm-hmm. of it, and I was when I watched it, I was like. Because that's another movie I grew up with on Comedy sure, Central. Yeah. It was on every fucking day. Yes. Just like Freaked. That American hamburger scene. Yeah, well, but that's <laughs> well, just it. So I'm too. watching it, and I was like, um, why I want, Why the fuck isn't this movie available? The soundtrack, because basically A&M Records produced that movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's like, they got Van Halen on there. Mm-hmm. There's Duran Duran. Like yeah. the soundtrack, and I'm going, well, that's why. That's why the movie isn't available because of soundtrack rights. Yeah. I will bet you. That freaked is the same situation. How much? A million dollars. Yeah, but here's 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 the deal with that movie. The soundtrack that they wanted to produce didn't happen. Yeah, it didn't happen. But if you were to look at the list, you would be like, "Wow, look at all these! These are all A-listers on the soundtrack release that did come out." Well, actually, I think the soundtrack that got released was only the score. That oh, they really? Put out. Yeah, no. I Damn, don't think because I mean Iggy Pop. They basically they looked at his demo that he had done, and then they said, "Yeah, we don't have any money for this." So wow. you know, all that they could really afford was Henry Rollins and Blind Idiot God hmm. recording at the very beginning of that movie, and that's about it. So Brendan, I don't know if it really was the soundtrack. Okay, well, I guess I lost a million dollars. Okay, whoop de do. I've got. Plenty more where that came from. All right, thanks, pal. <laughs> Chris, where are we going with the million dollars? The brand is just. <laughs> oh wait a second, we haven't even gotten to the game yet. We might get some more. That's right. Woo! That's right. Can't wait. But yeah, I mean, you're just, you've got great makeup effects. You've got energy storytelling. I mean, it's it's sophomoric, yes, but it's fun. You know, it's like ninety four minutes and everything. You're in, you're out. Um, just crazy, crazy. You know, it, it's like a Warner Brothers cartoon. You know, brought to life. It's just. It's hysterical. I love the movie. And if you want to watch it, YouTube, I think, was the only place that we could find it. Right? Damn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe we'll get lucky and be able to include it in our double feature. Yeah. We'll see. I would hope so. Chris, why don't we take a minute and um, have a moment from our sponsor? <laughs> Do you suffer from erectile dysfunction, poor yields in your farmland, or a desire to attract the curiosity, pity, or outright revulsion of perfect strangers? Then Zygrot 24 may be for you. Experience the best in life with a chemical that not only increases blood flow when the time is right, but also serves as an industrial fertilizer as well as a high-grade carcinogenic mutagen. Experience erections 300% longer, crops more pest and disease resistance, and freakish monstrosities that would make P.T. Barnum jizz and shit himself straight into oblivion. Side effects may include hirsutism, bovinism, hermaphrodism, pyroflagellism, sadism, masochism, surrealism, and more oozing boils, shankers, and carbuncles than you can shake a stick at. Ask your doctor about Zygrot 24. If you cannot afford your mutagen, EES may be able to help. 
Uh, Jamie. Hi. What <laughs> movie do you have for us to bring to the table tonight? I was supposed to bring a movie? Yeah. You don't, did you not get the, the memo? Oh. She brought Fart Party 6. but Oh, it's we, well, so good. We don't need to debate it. Honestly, I really okay, think that we should just. In. Done. Okay. Good night, everybody. Thanks for listening. Uh, tune in next week when we talk about Fart Party 7. Go credits. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, of course I brought a movie. I brought, like, my favorite movie ever. It's, like, top five movies for me of all times. It's my favorite Halloween movie. Um, it is a movie. Actually, I want to read to you, before I even talk about it, I want to read to you some of the taglines. Wait, wait, no, no, no. you got to tell us the movie. Oh, Come on. And then spit we'll it do, out. We'll and do, then we'll do the taglines. We'll do the taglines uh, after that. Okay, we'll do the fine. taglines. The movie is called Freaks. We didn't lie to you, folks. We told you we had living, breathing monstrosities. You laughed at them, shuddered at them, and yet, but for the accident of birth, you might be even as they are. They did not ask to be brought into the world, but into the world they came. And now, folks, if you'll just step this way, you are about to witness the most amazing, the most astounding living monstrosity of all time. Gentlemen, yes. it is called Freaks. Yes. It is made in 1932. Mm-hmm. You know those old black and white movies? Mm-hmm. 1932. Did they even have people back then? By <laughs> Yeah, but they all look like this, so it was like really what? weird. <laughs> <laughs> they look like Brandon? Yeah. Oh, oh damn. <laughs> they look like Keanu in, uh, in Freak. Oh, yeah. Uh, it was made in 1932. It was directed by Todd Browning. Racist. The to- I am. The Todd Browning, the one, the lovely uh, director. And that's from- Todd with one D. Yeah, that's right. Yes, it's Todd with one D. There's everyone. actually a couple of Todds with one Ds involved in this movie. Yeah. I just want to throw <laughs> that out there, but yeah. Uh, Todd Browning, the director of the infamous... Universal's Dracula. Um, it was written by Willis Goldbeck and Leon Gordon, but this movie was actually based off a short story um, called Spurs by Todd Robbins. That's um, Todd with one D. Todd, it is actually Todd with one D. That's why Todd Browning loved it so much because right. he was kind of full of himself. He loved those Wait, is that Tom D-tots. Robbins? <laughs> yeah, Tom Robbins. <laughs> Todd so even cowgirls get the blues, which is why it spurs. Right. It makes total Doesn't sense. Make and sense? there was a cowboy, an actually half man, half cow in your movie. Look Holy at this. Holy shit. What? You guys are conspiring against You're me. Welcome. I can tell. Yes. Yeah, totally. I'm just saying. bullshit, by yes. the way. This is the last time I do a husband and wife team he's up. The, he's the man of my baby. <laughs> it, was, it was the best night of my life. <laughs> what? I mean, I love No, Chris. no, hey. Chris. Anyway, so uh, Freaks. It was made in it. <laughs> no, wait a second. It's I one of those old black and white time. movies. You know, no color. Um, Wall- uh, it was starring Wallace Ford, uh, Liam Hyams, Olga. I can't never say Baklanova. 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 Unfortunately, this movie like ruined your I went to a Greek restaurant and I ordered some Baklanova. <laughs> and Harry, and Harry er- uh, Earls. I okay. Can say this right. Yeah. Um, Harry Harry uh, plays Hans in this movie, and that's pretty much what the movie is about. He is a little person, Christopher. No, I he mean, was a he a person. Munchkin? 
Actually, he was. He was. Whoa. He was a Munchkin. He wore blue with a lollipop. He and was in a lollipop guild. We yeah. represent the lollipop. Wow. Guild. Now, yes. where was he on the uh, on the death spread as far as Munchkins go? Because you know, for a while, uh, yes. it was like there I'm was... the last living fucking. <laughs> I munchkin. think everybody became. I'll pitch the my last voice living. up a little higher when I see. Please do. That. <laughs> That'd be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the last living Munchkin. I'm the last living Munchkin. <laughs> do it, all three of us. <laughs> Ready? Here we go. One, two, three. I'm the last living munchkin. <laughs> Nailed it. Um, no, he. I. I believe he died in like the late fifties. So he wasn't. Uh, well, he wasn't no, he wasn't even fucking there. close. No, he wasn't close. What's this movie about? What IMDb? Well, IMDb synopsis <laughs> says a circus's beautiful trapeze artist agrees to marry the leader of sideshow performers, but his deformed friends discover she is only marrying him. For his inheritance. Unfortunately, that is the whole premise of the movie, The End. The End. <laughs> so Thanks for listening. No, so it's like every no, other movie bye. that was made like in the 1930s. Yeah, like pre-code and shit. No you know, it's like, yeah. That's right. But uh, going to this, going through IMBD2 and, and the interwebs, I found the, some of the taglines for this movie. Okay, so these are the things that were said to get people to in the 1930s. To to 32, Come see the moving films uh-huh. that is ha- shot in 24 frames per second. Yes. We crank them by hand, our cameras. Come take a look into the crazy world of freaks. The story of the love life of the sideshow. This one is a good one. Can wait, a gro- wait hold on. This that one is it. a good one? Is that part of it? <laughs> yes. Is that really? This one is a good one. <laughs> wait a minute. This one is a good one. This Listen one up, fellas. is a good one. We should use that for the podcast. <laughs> yeah, oh, ladies and gentlemen, please tune in and download next week's. This one Dead is City a good Drive-in. one. This one's a good one. <laughs> That's it. No, but That's I like it. I like it. It, it predicates the actual tagline. So it goes. This, this one's, one's a, good a good one. one. <laughs> a freak and a woman fall in love, and he wants the money. See, <laughs> um, can a full-grown woman truly love a midget? <laughs> But Midget is <laughs> in capital letters. It's all caps? All caps. Midget's all Somebody's caps? Midget's so actually, you should caps. say, can a, what is it, a full-grown woman really love a midget? Yeah. <laughs> this is a good one. Uh, a love story of a siren, a giant, and a dwarf. <laughs> caps. The sinful dwarf. I was start- oh, my God. I'm starting to wonder why this movie. What sex is half man, half woman? Question Wait, mark. Dustin Hoffman. <laughs> what sex is Dustin Hoffman? Guys, it was really it was it was uh, before its time because uh-huh. it was talking about transgender. Was it? What sex is half man, half woman? It's a deep conversation that we can have at another podcast. Okay. But no, not actually, today. they really treat. No, we're going to have it right now. Okay, ready? Go. It's what you want it to be. Okay. Next. Okay. Uh, do Siamese twins? Thanks for listening. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Do Siamese twins make love? Now, here's the fun thing. Wait, that was a tagline for the movie? That is a tagline for the movie. Do Siamese twins make love? So, a little bit. uh, Oh, uh, there's just so much. They don't make it. They take it. (laughs) The (laughs) true. Take what they can get. (laughs) Take what you get. We'll talk about the Siamese twins in this movie. We are Siamese, if you please. Ding, ding, ding. Bump the table and he fall down. It's so accurate. Oh, there's more, guys. The (laughs) The strangest, the most startling human story ever screened. Are you afraid to believe what you see with your own eyes? 
Oh shit. <laughs> Why did you do that to your mic. phone? <laughs> I don't know. I just wanted to throw that down. Why did you make all that noise? I know. I'm so sorry. <laughs> you still have more to go. Thanks. Oh, there's more. <laughs> that was her third titum hitting the table. <laughs> this is a good one. I, I have a third titum. <laughs> That's actually one of the taglines. It's really weird. Can your filthy mind stomach three titums? <laughs> you know what, guys? I yes. think it would make. You Brandon, feel better yes. if you saw a movie about the up. fury of the freaks against a woman who stole a midget's love. <laughs> <laughs> she stole his love. I love it. It's brilliant. It is brilliant. So, so all of this all kind of, of tells you that this movie bombed. And it was horrible. So I we got uh, two bombs in a row. No, no, by no, the no, way, no, 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 no. This movie. Was that about? Okay, so no, but it was. It oh, a hundred. Destroyed yes, yes, Todd yes. Browning's career. Nineteen thirty-two. So close your eyes and picture nineteen thirty-two. See, here Todd, come the Nazis. Here comes the Nazis. <laughs> <laughs> there was a lot of dust in a bowl, and nobody had any money. The end. Grapes and- of wrath. <laughs> I was going to say, if there's dust in a bowl, you call it cash. Oh. <laughs> um. So, yes, so Todd Browning came off this huge high of directing the first talking movie for Universal, which was Dracula. And this is, like, it was unprecedented. It was it was crazy. It was, like, oh, my God, people are talking on film. What? It was we crazy. really need to remember, too, like, honestly, Universal was, you know, a, a German immigrant founded yep. this company mm-hmm. and really, like, they hit their niche with these monster films. Mm-hmm. Mr. Carl Lemley would like you to know. Yeah, I mean, they, they really hit, like, they figured out what was working for people. And there was a string of these kind of hits back yeah. to back. So they were like, well, Dracula was a huge hit. Mr. Browning, what would you like to do for us? Well, Mr. Browning said, nothing. MGM offered me a lot of money. Goodbye, Universal. And Universal went, God damn it (laughs) and so todd browning was like the mvp of the year because he made the first talking film for universal (laughs) which was um, i mean dracula is is iconic uh, it is iconic and and bella lugosi's performance and the the editing in that and the timing in that movie it's brilliant (laughs) (laughs) it's a wonderful it's a wonderful adaptation of that story and todd browning had a lot to do with it um, and Todd Browning also did uh, what was it called the um, the the Unholy Three with Lon Lon Chaney Lon Senior. Senior. Mm. So he and it was. But he, I'm sorry. And didn't Todd Browning do the Old Dark House? Was that Todd Browning? No, Old no. Dark House was James Whale. Yeah. Oh, so okay. I'm he, excuse me. Uh, Todd oh, Browning. Jesus. Todd Browning only really directed like five movies that's right well the, and, and it's because of this this movie. was his last was this, this his last it was not his one last more? one he did like two more two but more? it was nothing more and so, didn't he like just the uh, un- anyway go it ahead. was yeah so the unholy three came about lon cheney jr universal really liked him and that was a silent film and, so that, and that's cheney why was not drunk or was he drunk i'm sure no no this is lon cheney senior senior, oh, senior. Junior, right? okay. i did i apologize yeah, okay. take it back so it's the more talented of the two. Take, take that uh, <laughs> and post. Hey, I think yeah. Lon Chaney Jr. or Creighton Chaney actually had his quite I a bit. I always of, just say every Wolf time Man's you watch him, favorite. me too. But every time you see him, he's like his every Wolfman movie. He's like, God, kill me, just kill me. And I'm like, you know, he's just he's not acting. He's not acting. 
You can see the. You can see like the the sweat. The sweat. The drunk sweat. I always like you play drunk or not with him. I can smell him. Yeah. You can smell him. <laughs> Just wafting off. The did you ever screen. watch the Frankenstein that he did on television? Oh, oh yes, I had. So yes, bad. I did. Just We're so saving bad. that for our Frankenstein episode. <laughs> but yeah, time. that's. Oh boy. Is that so so, Universal made all of this wonderful money and had such a money is wonderful money money is great yeah see so todd browning became this entity that everybody wanted to get a hold of and so mgm said hey todd browning we'll throw all this money to you and you can make any any movie you want oh wow and so todd browning's like hey i have a great idea uh it's about the money yeah and and so my buddy todd robbins wrote the screenplay (laughs) he did uh and he he knew the movie spur and while he was making uh the on the the is it unholy three, unholy three, three. right the unholy three uh, the only other three is about a d- criminal dwarf so it, there was a little bit of backstory coming on to that so he found this this story spur which is basically about this little person this midget um and a a normal sized woman who tricks the midget into marrying her and to for all intents and purposes makes this woman carry him around with her for the rest of his, her life as her child it's very strange the 30s it's, was a really weird time and also it was french so you <laughs> oh, know well, you it's a french <laughs> story it's a french story so todd brought this story to, I think he was actually friends, like childhood friends, with the author, with Todd Robbins. Yeah, I think. I, and I, he was like, "Let me, let me help this buddy out of mine. Wait, okay. let me help my buddy of mine out." That's how he said it. He wasn't drunk like I am. I think we all are a little drunk sometimes. <laughs> That's why we're uh-huh. eighty-two minutes in. Whoa! Yeah, damn freaks. So anyway, he had this great idea, and I think Todd Browning comes out with it like, "Hey guys, I have the great idea. Let's get all the sideshow freaks and put them on a TV show." Yeah, and then was like, "Um, okay," but MGM believed in him so much that they just let him do whatever they wanted to do and just kind Complete of left him off. creative control. Yes. Yeah. And and he had such a great background, so they were just like, he knows what he's doing. Well, he was actually, he worked for a sideshow or for a circus yes, a, he was for a, a while. He Todd was Browning. a barker. Yes, he yeah. was. He I was. actually, no, I think he was a, like, a, he wasn't just a barker. I think he was a, a contortionist. And that's probably why he was so connected to these characters. So when he had this idea about freaks, he wanted to bring the story of Spur into light. Like, yeah. ha- can a... I mean, even the the tagline, can a full-grown woman lo- woman love a midget? Yeah. And the answer is no. By the way, not it shouldn't be like a half-grown man. Wouldn't it sound at least a little better? Yeah, of course not, but midget writing? back then. Well, you know, was... Ralph is from uh, Bloodsucking Ralph Freaks. Is... You know, was he a is porn my favorite star little person. Before, uh... Is it the same guy from Sinful Dwarf? No, no, it's not. not the same dude from Silver Dwarf. No, but but Ralphus, the the dwarf that's in uh, Bloodsucking Freaks or the Incredible Torture Show, yeah, uh, did porn. Go on. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you something right now. It looks like those regular sized women were getting plenty of loving from him. Ew. Plenty. Bridget of the midget Yuck. is my hero. Oh, Bridget the midget. Just letting yeah. everybody know that. Look, here's the thing okay, about... Okay, so can here, we talk about the movie? Yeah, we can, but um, before you do, I want to just tell you, okay, like, please. you know, the, this movie was extremely controversial extremely, at yes. the time. I can't wait um, to talk about that. And I think to this day, it's still extremely controversial. Yeah. There are people that 
also to this day mm-hmm. think this movie is completely disgusting. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to read one. Please, please do. This is by uh, Spotlight NE, which I imagine is New England <laughs> 15. Mm-hmm. I, who, or, or maybe it's their favorite movie is the the child rape film Spotlight. Oh, good job. Um, January 2012, they Spotlight NE15 wrote this review. A simply awful movie. I guess I might be the first person to write a one-star review of this movie, which surprises me. Because the film is not only poor, but in my view, it exploits the disabled. Seriously, I cannot see the point of this movie. I must add that I didn't watch all of the film. (laughs) Okay, so fuck you. It's only 62 Mm. fucking minutes. Fuck you, it's not even an hour long. Yeah, I know. Please don't get me wrong. It's not because these people are disabled that I switched off. It's simply that the story and the premise suck. Of course, no one can expect Oscar-winning performances from these people. Oh my god! Jesus, I I feel like this this person's got it worse than the movie. But the point is, they serve no purpose other than to stand there so the viewer can gawp at them. Gawp is a new word, by the way. Oh, that's a nice word. I like that. Gawp. Write that down. Well, I guess K is by the P, but it is... Okay. Um, this isn't necessarily so in 2012, but it sure was in 1932. Shame the makers Shame. of this movie. They're dead. Uh, couldn't have given these people more dignity. A couple of them sport shaven heads. Ugh. Ugh. With a Those... little bit of hair sticking up at the top. <laughs> <laughs> like, basically, like... When they're, they're called like, pinheads. Yeah, they're, no, they're Can called we... Rays fans. <laughs> uh, <and> <laughs> <laughs> And one guy is playing a quote-unquote girl when he is clearly a man with a five o'clock shadow. Looking at it for what it is, it is undeniably a film that exploits these folk. It is patronizing with an S and vacant. I have more respect for the disabled people in this film than I do for the producer and director. The movie is also boring. I'm surprised I made it past 40 minutes. Dude, you only had 20 minutes left. Fuck you! You had 20 minutes left! Many people big this film up to be a classic. It isn't. It's tedious, uninventive, and rather disturbing. Disturbing in the way disabled people are treated at the time. Now, this is a common argument against the movie. And it was an argument at the time of the film's release. It's an argument to this day. Mm -hmm. Um, Although I still feel that it's a parroted opinion. Well, it's an argument that's been made for fucking sideshows since sideshows have been around. That's right. Which, I'm sorry, you can go back a couple hundred years... The biggest argument here is we now, and even in, 19, in, in 2012, we have seen f- fucking Saw movies, guys. I mean, we're, we're numb to yeah. the obscene. We're numb to that. Yeah. In 1932, they did not know what a lobster boy looked like. Right. They didn't know what a person with fingers that were welded together That's by right. birth look like so that we actually had lobster them. boy in here a couple of weeks ago he is magical yeah, and from, he they from, all live in gibsonton yeah, so if you want to know he, he was literally <laughs> in this studio a couple of weeks ago yeah anyway didn't he kill his dad the original lobster yeah. Boy? yeah yeah he did yeah to become rain king he hey did. just so you guys know i ended i actually killed him is he here no do he's dead have, no he's murdered i killed do him. you have his arms wait that's the, the original way. lobster boy or lobster boy junior look whatever the case it tasted great with butter let's just put it that way Next. (laughs) (laughs) And on that point, Schlitzy. Uh, Yeah, so I understand that we talk about exploiting these people, and I guess these people, these types of people in this movie. Todd Browning totally did that. I don't think 
that he did it on purpose. I think he was. It's curiosity, and we talked about yeah. this in the beginning, right? I think Why that he do was we like people want to see, see this what shit. this is? It was a free sideshow. It wasn't free. See, well, you I have to watch like, the movie. I think the thing with right? the movie is that I think it was really just kind of like with Freaked, your mm-hmm. movie, Chris, that the studio is what freaked, freaked out here and that they were like, no, no. Because you know, yeah. they were sickened when these actors sickened. came to the commissary uh-huh. on the yes, lot at correct. MGM. They were like, yeah. they have to have their own tent. We will not sit here the and eat only, our lunches. The only, I guess, four people. Stuffy fucks. The only four people... In three bodies that were allowed on the commissary <laughs> were Siamese twins, Daisy and Violet um, Hilton, and they're very famous by themselves. So people already knew them. Yeah. And Hans and uh, I'm sorry, Henry. And Cleopatra. Yeah. No. no they, I mean, they they were there, but I'm saying as of the quote unquote the freaks oh, that were allowed. The natural born. Yeah, freaks. the natural born freaks. Um. The, the actor who played Hans and Frida, the little people. They, they were brother and sister. They were actually brother and sister. They played love interests oh, in the right. show. Oh, that's right. So they had to tone down the, the love interest thing, right? They did. And they do talk about it. And it's very and – I you look at them, it's like, wow, they're related. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. They're both – and there's – they're actually that family. There's five of them. And they were on the, – they were vaudeville. They did vaudeville. Yeah. They made their living as the little people. And um, Hans – He was actually Jerry Lewis. He was. He was like sliving. He was great. Uh, <laughs> and he made a living. And he never died. He's still alive. They're waiting for that muscular dystrophy thing happening. Oh. Anyway, too bad. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> too bad. All right, go Move ahead. that. Moving on. I just filled this. I know. I just watched you pour bourbon, but it was nice. It was nice. Okay. So hear, by the Todd way. Browning had this crazy idea that let's put all these people yeah. on screen and, and tell the story. Um, and what I – I love this movie so much for so many reasons. And the biggest reason is is that who are the bigger monsters? I, I teach film and I teach this movie – I teach with this movie a lot is that – what we see monsters, when we talk about monsters, we think of, when you think of monsters, what are the things you think of? You think of Frankenstein's monster, right? You think of Dracula, you think of Wolfman, you think of the creature from the Black Lagoon, you think of these monsters, but another monster is just how humans create each other, like how we... um, Britney Spears' vagina. It's a monster. Yeah. (laughs) The end. Thank you guys for coming. Uh, we'll be back next week. Thank you. <laughs> Good night. <laughs> She's a monster. Um, how we perceive each other, right? And how we interact with each other. And and so do freaks equal monsters? I don't think so. The monsters in this movie are the quote unquote normal people yeah. in this movie. I mean, it's like Cleopatra, Great. right? Cleopatra, like right. So Cleopatra is and the... And she really like reveals it pretty quickly on like at that yes. wedding ceremony. She's well, that's very not quick even, to be like, the you wedding, bunch of fucking freaks. The wedding ceremony is the last 20 minutes of the movie. Oh, so the what is wedding... that when she gets... I'm thinking when she gets drunk. At, is that at the wedding? Is she yeah, drunk the, at the wedding? Yes, yeah. But we know Cleopatra is a Because she's pi- sleeping around with the strong man. Yeah. Yeah. So at the beginning, the first shot of the movie, right. we see 
a barker, right? So they're like, come on up, step right up, look at this person. And everybody's looking in these boxes and we see this, we see a crowd and looking down in the box and they all go, oh, and they all faint. And they're like, yeah, she used to be called the peacock of the sky. And then it cuts to, and so it's the barker telling the story kind of. So we're all, so we're watching um, Cleopatra is on the trip. Cleopatra's on the swings and, and then cut to we see Hans, right? And Hans is a midget. He's a little person. And that's the first, quote, freak that we see. He looks like a, a child, right? And We're Cleopatra, yeah, he's got, but they're both um, marketed in the movie on the bill, like on the freak on the sideshow bill of the movie as like a little man, right? Mm-hmm. So the whole thing is he is more of a man than Hercules the strongman will ever be and he tries to push that. He's very wealthy and and so Cleopatra finds out that Hans has a lot of money. Hans is also engaged to Frida who also is a little person and Cleopatra sees that Hans is looking at her a certain way. And so instead of being grossed out, she plays along and tries to manipulate the situation to get him to fall in love with her so he can marry her and so she can get the money. Okay. So so this is exactly... So it's a Black Widow it's a, kind of... Oh, no. Yeah. It's exactly like your marriage. Correct. Except Chris didn't have any money. Oh. <laughs> so you're just going to murder him? Brendan, shut the fuck I'm up. I'm sorry. No, I meant, Can we keep I meant going? you're going to tickle him. T- shut. <laughs> you're going to tickle him. Hi, honey. I love you. <laughs> the car's packed. The car is packed and run, ready to go. Run. Let's go. What's the code word? Code word. Code word. Code word. Periwinkle. Periwinkle. Code word. Periwinkle. <laughs> He's colorblind. He can't what see it. Run. When she finds out that you don't have smooth, tight nuts. <laughs> <laughs> I already know. Oh, my God. <laughs> Oh my god! This is interesting. Uh, it's very interesting. This is really taking a, a true. It turn. is taking a turn, and I love freaks. <laughs> the, fil- the filthiest Jay- podcast we have is the one with my wife. That's right. Jamie, tell me why I want is to. this movie great? Oh my gosh, it just is. Thank you. No, I'm kidding. Okay. Um, it brought to life a part of our history, like the nineteen thirty from nineteen thirty to like right before World War II, during that Great Depression era, we did not have any place to go for entertainment. So the circus made, that's what they made a living. They went to these towns, they went to these places, and would literally, P.T. Barnum made his living off of his quote, his quote saying a sucker borns every minute, right? So he would make the, the 10 in one, the go through this curtain, go through this curtain, go through this curtain, go through this curtain and try to make the money off of these monstrosities, these oddities of people. And that is the only way they survived in that sideshow. Todd Browning brought it to the American people on state on film. Right. And, captured it forever so this is the first time you actually see, see like right. circus freaks or sideshow freaks on in a, in mass, a mass media kind correct of thing. and the the thing with this movie is that there's no special effects 
There's no makeup. There's nothing. The only special effects and makeup that we see is at the end of Which the movie. Which we won't spoil. I'm not going to yeah. spoil it, of course. It's went. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, it's it's at the end of the movie, and that's they're the last shot we see is the only special effects that there is. Other than that, the human worm. Um, I, f- I forget his real name. He's a, a prince. Is he was the African American actor. Yes, the, yeah, like, yes, yeah, yeah. Okay. He is. Does he? he, does he sm- yes. He, so he, he rolls the cigarette. Yes, rolls the cigarette, cigarette and lights so, the cigarette. So right. here's here's the thing. Which that alone's worth the price. It's of amazing. Yeah. That's he literally says that line. What's the line? It he goes. <clears throat> That's what he says. <laughs> okay. But what he says, he actually says, the manuscript says, hey, do you want to see what I can do with my eyebrows? So Sure. <laughs> but they cut it. Um, they so cut he, it, right? They, yeah. they, so they cut his eyebrows? When this, well, when this movie came about, Todd Browning made it. It was like 92 minutes. Okay. And most of the movie was of these people doing regular normal things like – walking yeah. and rolling a cigarette and singing and dancing um uh the the so the things that like normal things that we take for granted but what george carlin would call them you know handy capable <laughs> <laughs> right, but it right, is i mean right. it's like yeah. showing how they've been able to create behaviors and do things the woman with no arms eats with her feet yeah. and it's just a quick Ugh. scene it's disgusting yeah, that was the bourbon Oh, Whoa, sorry. what are you oh, talking I'm about? I'm so sorry. The bourbon is disgusting. No, it was a bad, I just did a shot and it was gross. So we have all of these. So the, mo- well, so, so the, movie, so the movie's 90 minutes Nine, plus well, it, long. Well, it used to be, right? What so happened? Here's the fun thing. So during. So MGM knew nothing, right? MGM was just so like, like. Hey, Todd, let's see what you've been doing what with you your got, freight right. movies. By the way, we're in pre pro <laughs> on The Wizard of Oz. Yes. Yeah, exactly. This wonderful. Musical that Lucky we've got. Dark, but let's see what you got. Yeah. So during pre- can we borrow a couple of midgets? Yeah. <laughs> we got this beautiful color film where everybody's beautiful. We've been drugging Beverly Garland for twenty years. She's pilled out of her mind. What do you got great. for us, freaks? Oh, uh, Jesus Christ, Todd. <laughs> so Todd, what? Don't you see? Todd. Don't you get it? Todd, don't you see? Don't you get it? No, we don't get Come it. Come on, don't you see? Disgusting. Don't you get it? We've been stomaching at lunch at the commissary. I hope you see Actually, it. Actually, you know what? Do I'm so pissed it? off right now that, Todd, I'm going to hit you and knock the D off your name. <laughs> <laughs> That's why he only has one D. It's an MGM fan. <laughs> an MGM executive. Louis Mayer punched him <laughs> so hard in the dick that he knocked the D <laughs> off of his name. You so, have... so they made the movie. They it made comes the movie. Out. It's like 92 minutes. All is well. And back then, that's like... Epically long, that is, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so the executives, it's preview. Like, it's preview night. All of these people have come in to watch this movie, and they're With sitting their there. And, and all I see, all I, <laughs> in my, been working on in my mind's year, eye, honey. in my Daddy, mind's why eye. why does he look that way? <laughs> God it, damn it. I don't that's know, right. but we're going to ask Todd and find out. God did damn it. That is why they look like that. <laughs> So Todd, I could just see like Todd in the theater going, yes, yes, yeah. love me, love me. And everyone's like, what the fuck? So uh. um, it was so hard for people to real to see because at the end, you don't the like whole it. thing is. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a 92 minute movie that the executives, when they saw it and they saw the original ending, which doesn't exist anymore, they were so pissed about it and so disheartened about it and freaked out 
that they literally marched up to the projection booth, pulled the reel out of the projector, and cut the end. Literally took it and cut the ending. So the last thirty minutes of the movie are gone. The la- it's can the, we get them on like the no, extended Blu-ray? No, it's exi- it doesn't exist. They Wait, what literally do you mean? they like chopped it and burnt it. It does so not the, exist. It's completely completely lost. gone. The only thing that you can like get London after midnight. Yes. Yeah. Like, just like, like that. literally hundreds of films. Hundreds. Hundreds, maybe thousands of films. I what? say tens of thousands. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. I, you're probably right. I am. What? what? <laughs> By the way, not to digress too much, Please. but like the idea that that has that happened uh-huh. is More than once. sickening to yeah. me. I hate the thought. I really do. Uh-huh. I, like, I cannot believe that the movie is gone. Mm-hmm. Like, gone that forever. It's gone. Yep, doesn't exist. The uh, only thing that exists are is the script. So the script, the the script is in the archives, and that exists, and that's why we know what really happens at the end, which I'm not going to tell you. Spoil, You're yeah. going to have to figure that out yourself. Yeah. Um, Janie, look, yes. let's give give me. Can you give me some drive-in totals here? Like, why would this movie play so well in a drive-in? They make them one of them, right? Mm-hmm. So the whole every no, a lot of people have heard. One of us, one of us, Google gobble, Google yeah. gobble, right? That is from this movie. Um, the American Horror Story freak show that they basically ripped off this movie, right? So we have so much of oh, our What a culture. good show. I love American Horror Story. I know you guys hated it, but I loved it. What a good show. It's a good For one. people who've never seen a horror film in their life. I know, it's true, Go but ahead. I love it because it's campy. I think that yeah. show is campy, yeah, and that's why I love it. I get it. it. Yeah. You guys like the stupidest fucking movies, <laughs> and so you have to know. Isn't that, what was it, Angelo Rossetti or Rosito? He's, he's one of the little people in this. Is the guy that actually played yes. Master yes. for Master Blaster yes. Yes. in Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome? Correct. Okay. Yeah, who it's Johnny Bartertown. Johnny, his name is. Yeah. His who name run is, yeah. Bartertown? Yep. Embargo lifted. <laughs> it we've is only referenced of all the Mad Max movies, by the way, on this <laughs> podcast. We've only referenced Beyond Thunderdome. Why? We've never talked about any. <laughs> Why? <laughs> I don't know. Well, because because Chris loves uh, Tina Turner. It, it, uh, yeah. <laughs> I okay, so it uh, one it's man. black and white, yeah, and so that's creepy. Uh, second, that's not true. That's second, actually what our five year old daughter <laughs> says. She goes, This movie's black and white, that's creepy. creepy. He, she's not wrong. Tell me a black and white movie that isn't creepy. Yep, doesn't exist. Um, um, voyeuristic orgy. Okay. Okay, so we are clear. <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> I actually have a picture the- of him that looks exactly. He did that in another he picture. Did that. He's a disgusting human being. <laughs> the inhumanity is what is scary in this movie, not the freaks. <clears throat> so we come to see not the freaks, but how people treat the freaks, right? Mm-hmm. I even hate using the word freaks, but just for this intense purposes, I'm going to be using it. Um, but it's not about them. It's about how people treat them and them then and then them getting back at those people. Right. So who are the monsters? The real people are the monsters. The the scariest monsters to me are Jaws, Cujo, Orca. Those are the three move like movies that I think of scare me the most are things that can happen. Yeah. Right. So things that are not not unrealistic like yeah. a, a man coming and killing you in your dreams that you that can't happen, can't happen right. right but 
a shark can kill you. Yeah. And a a dog can go feral and yeah. kill you. So the the freaks they were not fake they were real on screen you wa- and it's it's they're, mem- they're it's mesmerizing watching the human worm roll a cigarette and light it with just his mouth and his whiskers is mesmerizing and to me when you're in that and and also you are you you side with them in the movie um and then Really, the last 20 minutes of the movie is what makes this a horror movie, so, right? Yeah. All well and good, but how many boobies are in this movie? Oh, so many. Uh, Don't lie to no, us. There's no, there's no there's titties. There's no boobies in this movie? Okay, no, so we no, got to mark that off. Are there, um, how, many, how many dead bodies? I would just like to quote my text that I sent you last night, <laughs> yesterday, when I asked, and how many titties are in this? And you said, none. And I go, then I will not be watching. <laughs> It was not in regard to this movie. Actually, I think my response to you was, hell no. Hell no, is what you said. There's plenty of dick, though. I, yeah. I sent well, you, yeah. Okay, I'm into it. <laughs> well, if you can't have titties in. and you can sub dick for that, I'm Brandon's down. a happy camper. I, I, I actually am. I really am. Not oh, because I think dicks are nice. Because, because you can pitch a tent with them. I like the equal opportunity. He is actually a big big equal opportunity for dick kind of guy yeah. i really am i really am he i would actually never says there should be more penis in cinema there really needs to be i'm actually disturbed that there isn't enough we we love to watch people that are different than us yes we love to okay. be on the outside i mean it's like tapping that aquarium right we want to we want to see what's in it yeah right? we want to tap it if, we want to see the reaction we want to see the reaction we do yeah. our dumb blunt Fucking thing to it. in canada they put this woman had five girls, the quintuplets. Do you guys like yeah. long as time? Yeah. The woman had five children at once and they made a park. Yeah. And stole them away. Well, I mean, what about the TV show of the Octomom? Yeah. Well, TLC is our sideshow. TLC, yeah, the, the television. had four limbs. Yeah. She was missing four. <laughs> TLC, if you, if you say, I would never watch a sideshow, but I love 600 pound, my 600 pound life, fuck you. Or Dr. Pimple Popper. Oh my God. I mean, all like, of that it's stuff. It's really all yeah. the kind of the same thing. 100%. Is it not? Yes. Right. It's yeah. all that This boy, is what used to be known as the learning channel. Yeah. yeah right. <laughs> You're learning about different. I mean, there is the little people. <laughs> little people, big world. Yeah. So yeah, it's, you know. So we, we're connected to it anyway. Willow. I love that movie. But so I also much. think Jamie it's safe to say that like the the real monsters were the studio executives who destroyed the film. I'm not going to lie, yes, correct. I mean, I again, I'll bring it back. I think it's absolutely tragic that the movie the, in its complete the form is lost. The ending of the movie. Uh-huh. Well, you have characters in this movie though that like I don't think people, you know, are able to understand that until you get to this kind of kind of deconstructionist, mm-hmm. you know, postmodernist world right. now where you can say that these characters who I mean, our actors and their performers and everything, but as characters, they have agency. Right. They, you know, as they Elvis Presley said, they right. TCB, man. Mm-hmm. They take care of business. Yeah. yeah. It's like you fuck with one of their own, and guess well, what? So they're the, going to enact some righteous anger. Righteous. Right. And it anger. is a good payoff. It is. I mean, it's a total oh, good yeah. payoff. I mean, the, the last 20 minutes of this movie is are worth yeah, it. Fucking, and it starts with the wedding. Which, Right, so yeah. so Dip what you were saying Stanley about too? No, that's a different person. So yeah, the wedding is where Cleo. I mean, Cleo has the idea to get rid of Hans. He she marries him and then get wants to get rid of him forever to steal his money to to have his money because I'm your wife now, so I'm going to get your money, right, Chris? 
Okay, so anyway. <laughs> so anyway, Freaks is a wonderful movie to watch on a Your big screen. <laughs> as on a, a first date. Night, <laughs> as, as by yourself. Yeah. There's a wonderful scene in the movie, and it is it is the wedding night, and uh, – one of the one of the guys goes up and he says, "Hey, like we've accepted Cleo. Like Cleo is a dick, but she's married to Hans now. Let's make her one of us." And they're all around the table and they're all saying, "Like Google, like one of us, one of us." And it's not creepy. We have made it creepy because we see a bunch of very different looking people saying "Google gobble, Google gobble, one of us, one of us," but they're saying it as like. We've accepted her into the fine circus folk. Like we are all part of this community, this family. And they have this big, huge goblet. goblet that, that's why they're saying Google Gobble. It's about the goblet. It's to, they just can't they, speak They well. can't speak. They have a speech. <laughs> I can't even say that. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Um, so they're all drinking this. Huge, but this is before this is before Corona. So no one cared about germs. But anyway, <laughs> they're all drinking all this drink. And, and Cleo is at the edge of that table watching Cleo! all of these. Cleo, <laughs> why are you drinking from the now goblet? Is this Mr. Cleo? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Dang, call me now. She was... Didn't she live here in Tampa? Yes. She's dead. She, thank God. She's dead. <laughs> she knew. <laughs> and of course, most people listening to our podcast will have no idea what they the have fuck no idea we're That is about. not accurate. And there is a digression They'll be like, call me now for your free reading. <laughs> Didn't we do a sketch about <laughs> yes, it? Yes, we, like we did. We anyway. did. Beep, That's how we <laughs> It was Janelle. Janelle Meyer. Not Myers. Just one Just Meyer. the one. Yeah. Just the she one. She talked. She did it. Beep, pop, pop, boop. Anyway, we see her watching this and... In, as the audience, we're like, yay, they've accepted her. But we're watching it through Cleo's eyes. And so she is totally disgusted by it. And that right there is when that total, that changes. That we see the monsters. And we they already are monsters. But we the, um, the freaks finally see how Cleo is the real monster. And so she gets her comeuppance. And it's really scary. That's why MGM didn't like it. And Todd, it ruined Todd Browning's career. He never really he, he recovered made, again. I mean, he made like two movies after, and it was an independent film. Yeah. Uh, two independent films. And here's the sad thing. So this was made in 1932. In 1960, like 1962, um, free, uh, this movie was shown in... Um, Grind houses. Yeah. So that's why when I think of this movie, I'm like, they were in grind houses. Of course, they belong in a drive-in. Yeah. Right. So yeah, that's absolutely. why it's one of those epic underground indie 1932 creepy ass movies. Your feet stick to the floor. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So in 19 in 1962, literally one month after Mr. Browning died, the uh, Venice Film Festival re. Uh, brought this movie back to life um re-edited it and um gave it a an award um and it it resurfaced now we can make some money off of this movie but not have to pay for the airfare and it it was the the uh the 
the United States National Film Registry. It became, I think it was like in 1970, it became part of that. Wow. It's yeah. kind of funny though, because like you said, that it was 1960? 62. 62. Mm-hmm. So roughly the same time though, uh, I guess because I think it was 1960, Michael Powell. You know, with peeping Tom. Here? With peeping Tom. Yeah. The same fucking thing happened mm-hmm. to Yeah, Michael and they Powell. waited until he was dead, dead to be like, hey, this guy made a good movie. Yeah. It's really like they had like a personal vendetta against the guy. He's I can dead? relate. By okay, the way, we can go. I can relate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, guys, my turn. I got okay. a movie to pick for you, you guys. Do. So there's not a whole lot of freak movies out there mm-hmm. that I think are really worthy of attention, but there is one that I feel is actually extremely underrated and not talked about enough. And I'm going to try to do my best without slurring too many of my words because I have had a disturbing amount. <laughs> I've, been have, I've been watching this go down, too. and I'm, you know, it is what it is. Fuck you guys. Keep my going. pick for our double bill is The Fun House. <gasps> How fun is it? <laughs> Who will dare to face the challenge of the fun? Who is mad enough? Something is alive in the funhouse. Something not alive like its father. Something better dead. Something that has the form of a human, but not the face. This better be good. It's gonna be great. Something that feeds off the flesh and blood of young innocence. Something that tonight will turn the funhouse into a carnival of terror. The Fun House. It's a carnival of terror from Toby Hooper, the director who terrified you with the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. The year is 1981. The director is Toby Hooper. You guys might have heard of him. He directed a little movie called Gin. Maybe you've heard of The Toolbox Murders. <laughs> Did he do Toolbox Murders? In the 2000s, the remake. Oh, the remake. Okay, I was like, wait a Perhaps second. Perhaps you guys have seen his film, The Mangler. With Robert England. Perhaps you guys have seen Night Terrors. Anyway, the writer is Larry... Invaders from Mars. The writer is Larry Block, and the movie is starring Elizabeth Barrage, Cooper Huckabee, uh, Largo Woodruff, Miles Chapin? Chapin, I think Chapin, is that how you say it, Chris? Chapin? Chapin. Kevin Conway, and of course, Wayne Doba. Um, I'm going to go ahead and read the IMDb synopsis please, for this please film. Please do, please. please. Two young couples on a double date go to a mysterious carnival. Mm. As a prank, they decide to spend the night in the fun house. When they witness a brutal murder, they suddenly find themselves in horrific danger. Not just regular danger, but horrific. Horrific danger. Yes. Emphasis on horror. <clears throat> mm-hmm. This movie had a very unfortunate couple of distinctions. One of which is, look, Toby Hooper had a very hard time for a few years um, after the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Which makes a lot of sense when you think about it. It's really hard. He made a movie that immediately in 1973 became a phenomenon. And 
it was very hard to kind of top the intensity and he as a I, you know I want to say not so much as a filmmaker but as an artist was one of those kind of guys who didn't necessarily want to repeat himself he was always trying to do new things but as we all know how Hollywood works you do this thing so you kind of have to do something that's similar to mm-hmm. it and he struggled for a very long time and he made a couple of movies that are arguably not the greatest movies post Chainsaw Massacre. Like Eaten Alive? Right. Yeah. But that's got Robert England in it. It does, but it's not really the best movie. And Didn't it, he do Motel Hell? No, he did not. Oh, he did not. That's my fault. Um, but he was on several movies, either quit, walked off, or was fired from several movies during this period, including a movie called The Being... Um, or, or without warning. Yeah, without warning. Without warning was the one that he it's was fired from. One. Yeah, and several other things. And he finally got around to making a movie called The Fun House, which was technically his first studio film. He made this movie for Universal Studios, yeah. but it was a pretty low budget film. Well, didn't he do a made for TV movie though? Yeah, he did. He did do Salem's Lot. And I think that that was probably the thing that allowed a lot of producers to kind of go, okay, this dude's not a total lunatic. He can kind of bring it in very well. And, and But, you know, in that interim, he really, like, he had a, he struggled really, yeah. really hard. And, I mean, you know, people don't know this too much about Toby Hooper, but, like, he his mentor, everybody's like, well, Steven Spielberg. Mm-hmm. But that's not true. His Toby Hooper's mentor was actually William Friedkin. William Friedkin saw Chainsaw Massacre and was like, well, I need this dude to be here with me in Hollywood. So he brought Toby out to L.A. and he put him up in an office at Universal Studios. And did that, he import in cheap cigars and Dr. Pepper for him? Prob- no, he didn't do – it wasn't cheap cigars, by the way. Uh, but he brought Toby in – and gave him Robert Wise's old office. Oh, nice. Um, Robert There's Wise, some... who's the director mm-hmm. of The Haunting yeah. and Star, Star Trek, Trek The Motion Picture. Picture. Uh, countless films. Uh, brilliant director. Andromeda with a, well, a very hit and miss track record. Mm-hmm. Not too different from Toby from Hooper. Toby. Um, but he brought Toby in to Robert Wise's office. And there in that office, by the way, was a book called Poltergeists. And it was about... Noisy spirits. Mm -hmm. And Friedkin and uh, Hooper actually developed the plot of Poltergeist together before Spielberg did his Spielberg bullshit and took him on. But in the meantime, before all... So Toby's on and off a lot of projects, a a lot of personal issues, a lot of weird issues. He eventually worked with Universal and he made this movie, The Fun House. But the problem with The Fun House is it was marketed as a slasher film. Mm. As a straight-up slasher film. And I'm sure you guys remember what the VHS cover of that movie looked like. Mm-hmm. It was a, it's just like this insane-looking clown, clown popping out. And I'm pretty sure he's holding like a hatchet or, or an axe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. like, that's not what the movie is. The movie is not, despite what anybody wants to say, it is not a slasher film. It is not... Um, it's a borderline monster movie. It's a monster mm-hmm. movie. It's a f- movie about freaks. freaks. And it's pretty interesting the way it handles the freaks on a personal perspective. So this movie made a little bit of money, but it actually, like I said, it's very underrated. I, I, I really don't think people say enough good things about it. There is a... What do we got? I mean, like, there are people that, that have some pretty <clears throat> nasty things to say about it. 
All right, well, Stanley Strangelove 26. I wonder what his favorite fucking movie is. In the late (laughs) summer of 2007 said, not fun. (laughs) The end. (laughs) He thinks that the fun house is not fun. And yes, spoiler alert. Kind of, yeah. You've seen this slasher film many times before. A bunch of kids spend the night in a fun house. One of the girls <laughs> gets to show off her body in the shower for no reason except the director wanted to see her nude. So the, the kids audience. have boring sex. There's no such thing. The kids who have boring sex get knifed by some goon in a mask. The one girl who doesn't have sex does not get knifed by some goon in a mask. Now throw in some puppets with bobbing heads. Why? Who cares? Toby Hooper, whose only claim to fame is the miserable Texas Chainsaw Massacre, serves up another bomb in Funhouse. Oh, right. Okay, okay. The effects are cheesy, which is surprising because Rick Baker did them. Funhouse is unwatchable, boring, derivative, predictable, dull, did I mention boring, over-talkative, uninteresting, and did I mention boring? Funhouse rips off Halloween in Psycho. Did I mention this film is boring? No. No, actually, I wasn't actually, listening. I was to you. in the I zoned you out. I, I literally, when what you said that rips Chainsaw Massacre is Halloween no good, and Psycho. Well, it's so funny because you know the movie. All right, that is, I think the 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 typical thing that I'm seeing about this movie is like it's this derivative slasher film. I guess I understand why an idiot would say that. Mm-hmm. The movie has it starts off it's got these like incredible opening credits with these really creepy animatronic dolls but it's also shot by the way in beautiful anamorphic 235 aspect ratio with anamorphic lenses it's the the film is gorgeously shot and that's actually mm-hmm. 2.35 to 1 ratio that's what did i say you said, said 235. That, well, that's what you said. It's called 235 1. Yeah. Chris, um, he knows a little bit more. Just, come, on, just, come on. Come on. He's a bourbon. He drank. How does that be? That might be a sip. I'm trying to translate. The movie does open. It actually, it might actually technically be 239, but uh, we won't get into that. Easy the, boys, look, the I'll movie open. <laughs> you want to 69? What? The movie, yeah, you want to right now? Here we go. Here we go. The movie opens with. What this dipshit is saying is a ripoff or derivative or whatever, but it's actually an homage to one of Tubi to, Tubi's Tubi <laughs> Tubi or not Tubi, Tubi. One of Toby's good friends, John Carpenter. It's very clearly an homage to Carpenter's films, where um, a POV person puts on a mask, grabs a knife, and goes after a naked nubile woman in a shower. Turns out. It's her little brother, and it's, like, bizarre. But it follows up immediately with this typical Toby Hooper intensity, which is in every single movie he ever directed. It just, the vibe of pure intensity is always there. Mm -hmm. Does this, the sister freaks out, it's her little brother, and she attacks him, and does this thing where she screams at him, and she's like, don't you ever do that to me again Mm -hmm. but he takes a picture of her with a polaroid camera while she's like uh attacking him in the closet the 
picture falls to the ground. She picks it up as it develops, and she looks at it, and it's a, it's her face, mm-hmm. and it is distorted, distorted. like a mo- like a monster. And it's and the camera like zoom like just does a slow push in on this like image, and it really sets up this um, sense of doom that the movie has. Mm-hmm. The the entire film does this brilliant job of foreshadowing, but more important than the foreshadowing, it feels like immediately from the out beginning of the movie that like something awful is going to happen and it really takes its time to get there it's truly the definition of a slow burn so when you go in thinking that it's some dumb fucking slasher movie you're going to be bored and disappointed because that's not what it is it's a funhouse movie it's a carnival film and i think we've all been to some kind of funhouse or carnival in our lives Mm -hmm. and you know that that experience is extremely subjective because it's a bunch of bright lights, weird sounds. It's easy for people to kind of separate and see their own things and also Mm -hmm. be in their own world, think their own thoughts. The movie does this brilliant job of actually making you feel the same way. I always say, like, the the characters, they're extremely Mm likable. They're extremely believable. But they start, there's a scene where they start, like, they smoke weed in the car on the way to the, the funeral, or the funeral, the funeral. To the fun house. The fun. They're Basically, putting the fun back in the funeral. funeral. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I'm not going to necessarily condone doing drugs, because I've never done a drug in my life. But Today. I will say, tonight, what were we talking about tonight? Yep. But I will say, the last three if hours. you, this is kind of a fun game to play with this movie. If you smoke weed when the characters smoke weed. It actually makes kind, sense. You, you kind of get into this weird zone with them. It, it's pretty fascinating. So they're smoking weed in the car on the way mm-hmm. to the fun house. And um, it's two couples, two guys, two girls. Their relationships are so cool together and believable. And it's got this typical Toby Hooper nuance where everybody's just kind of talking over each other. Mm-hmm. It really does feel Spielbergian, but it also feels very Friedkin. You know, he was great at doing this as well. Now, are there chicken feathers and bones on the inside of this car, this car that they're riding? <laughs> Believe it or not, no. What? For the, for the first time it. in a Hooper doesn't film. doesn't sound like a Toby Hooper film at all. Yeah, no. no, I know. But, it's, but you know, it's interesting because no weird it lamps. doesn't quite, it doesn't feel like the, from the director, it feels, it feels closer to poltergeist Toby right. than it does to chainsaw Toby. Well, he connects this to, like, I've. I, seen a little bit of this film a long time ago but what i remember too is the relationships in this movie because it's all about or it's all about the relationships of the the friends the couples the brother and sister in the beginning and i think with pol yeah with poltergeist that movie doesn't work be, uh, be, because of the relationships. The relationship, that's well, how... Like, the domesticity. But it does the same yeah. thing because, you know, like in Poltergeist, it's brilliant. Like Craig T. Nelson's character is reading Reagan's autobiography. Right. While smoking a While doobie. smoking, smoking a, doobie a doobie with his, his wife who very clearly had her oldest daughter at a very young age. Uh-huh. And by the way, her oldest daughter is fucking pregnant in Poltergeist. Oh, That yeah. girl, that she, she's like, in the morning, she's eating... What is she eating in Poltergeist? She's eating like really crazy shit, like celery, like peanut. It's she, oh, is that why the whole reference the end? Oh yeah, I remember that place. Yeah, dude. <laughs> yes, because she was yes. banging at yeah, that hotel. Because the older daughter is. Yeah. So it's all things that are unspoken. I've heard that before. The it, Fun House is the same 
exa- there are things going on in the movie that are only hinted at. If you were to like just if you Watch just pay attention, you're like, oh my god! So the mother's an alcoholic, uh, the brother's a little shithead, the father is overbearing, and it, 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 the the relationships are like really well um, truncated. Mm-hmm. They get to this carnival, they smoke weed, and it literally, the movie unfolds the first 40 minutes like when you go to a carnival. So that's kind of the attitude that you have to have when you go into this movie. You have to go into it like you go into the carnival in town or the state fair. It's like, it's going to be subjective for everybody. Some people are going to have fun. Some people are going to get sick from the corn dogs. Some people aren't really going to want to see the weird strip show. Mm -hmm. Some people aren't going to want to go see the freaks. Right. And... When you think about it in terms of hormones, teenagers, first dates, and relationships, the movie kind of unfolds in a really interesting light. Mm-hmm. They go to this creepy fortune teller who, uh, after they're stoned as fuck, and they're listening to this woman talk, and it's really creepy. But there's this wonderful moment where they laugh so hard, she kicks them out, they drop the magic ball... The ball mysteriously rolls back to the fortune teller, and she says, Get out of here, and if you come back, I'll break every fucking bone in your body. <laughs> and the movie, it just keeps this trend. The, My grandmother used to say that to good, us all the time. It's Really? All the time. Yeah. She said it to me, too. Oh, that's weird. She's yeah. dead. I know. In my dreams. Okay, good. In my no. dreams, it's still the same. This, this episode is sponsored by Dawkin. <laughs> We also get, uh, I know, okay, so I, I, that's why I'm going to try to keep this as quick as possible because I'm going to, like, it's I, I, it's me talking here. So I'm I listening, I'm listening. But, you know, we get, we the movie unfolds, like I said, it unfolds the way it would if you were to go to a carnival. So mm-hmm. I understand that, like, there are people who watch this movie who are like, it's fucking boring. But you have to, like, open your mind. You got to go to their journey. You, you got to take the their journey. Yeah, it's not a slasher movie. You got to smoke that It's meat. not... The thing that you think it's going... It's not Chainsaw Massacre. Mm-hmm. It's it, it, it's something different. There are similarities, but it's still different. It's nuanced, and it's also a director... You can see him growing as a filmmaker. So mm-hmm. this is all kind of happening simultaneously. You get a great moment where William Finley <laughs> plays a drunk Bill Dracula magician. Finley, Bill, yeah. Good old Bill Finley. It's a whole entire scene where William Finley is does a magic act and where he puts a stake through a volunteer from the audience's heart complete with and then he goes Winslow <laughs> that's a Phantom of the Paradise reference for those of you who don't know what we're talking about and you probably honestly don't honestly, yeah. that's a... and he's knows. also in Sisters too no one ever knows what he has talking a... about Sisters by the way Chris Yes. One of my favorite movies. It's one of De Palma's best. It's. I actually think it's his best film. I don't think De Palma made a better movie than Sisters. I, in, in everything, you know the scene. You know the scene is when the woman, um, when she goes to make a phone call. She's in the insane asylum. She goes to make a phone call. And the woman is like, "No, the phone is where diseases come from." And she. Del- it's like this crazy woman's monologue. I'm gonna cut all this, but like, anyway, <laughs> fuck, I, I love. Sisters. I think people would enjoy this. Uh, <laughs> sure, as they're yeah they're listening to it to fall asleep. Mm-hmm. Um, so William Finley's magic show, but it, it literally plays out in time. It plays out like Welcome to My Magic Show. You hear people in the, and it's one. It's essentially a long take. Mm-hmm. Camera slowly pushes in 
from a wide shot of this audience going into him. There are a couple of cutaways and Mm close-ups here and there. But there's actual audience banter where they're like, get a job. And they're like, <laughs> drunk. Loser. Loser. And, it, it's ha- and it's like what it's like. Then, of course, you've got the brilliant Kevin Conway. God bless him. Who, in this film, plays three roles. I always say, like, this: if I made this movie, this would be Chris Rutherford. I would put Chris Rutherford <laughs> in this. Um, he plays three roles, three different barkers, if you will. But he is his emphasis is mostly as one role, which is the funhouse barker. There's a montage where they're stoned and they're walking around and he is playing the head of the striptease show. He's playing, um, oh my God, what's his other, what's his second role? He, he's, it's a, holy Christ. It's like the striptease ladies. This is my young sister coming out here. And he's got like this British accent. Then there's another thing. But then most importantly, it's him doing like, what terror awaits you in the fun house? And he's got this like tiny mic that he holds with his like two fingers. Oh, I love those. It's it's so good. In each role, he looks completely different. He's yeah. it's it's brilliant. Not but, as good as his role in Funny Farm. <laughs> well, you know it's so weird because I saw Funny Farm. I was like, huh? <laughs> well, that's the same. I'm sorry, guy. but that fucking laugh that he's got that. Yeah. <laughs> It's totally his performance yeah. in Funhouse. But there's all this foreshadowing. They go and they see a freak show. And there is we get a two-headed calf. Mm-hmm. Um, we get, like, weird stuff. One of the characters is obsessed with this guy named Larry Latner. They keep talking about this guy. And it, What about Frankenstein's monster? Well, and so what happens is we get to the actual Funhouse. They go on the ride, the Funhouse ride, and we actually get a first-person perspective view of the ride. And I don't know if you guys are like me at all. I actually don't know this. I love dark rides. I love love dark dark rides. rides. It's one of the reasons why we're together. Really? Yes. Well, I love dark rides. You can. We're together too. Marry me. You didn't ask. I have a bigger penis. (laughs) His balls are nice. Tighter balls. Tighter balls. (laughs) That's what it is. And he um, also has that big throbbing '90s cock that I not like. that old '90s cock. You put your tongue ring right in the pee hole. I veiny not been there, there, done that. I um, <laughs> I, I love dark rides. I don't, and it yeah, doesn't I matter to me wh- how awful the dark ride is. I mean, I've been to some really shitty. What's that? Nothing. Turn your phone off. Well, yeah, yeah, here's the thing: if you ride it, you have to ride. <laughs> Tons of dark rides, and you have to ride the shitty ones. Oh, you have to, but that's part of it, right? You like the, the shitty dark to. rides are all because they all have the. <laughs> By the way, real quick, uh, let's do a, a round robin best dark ride, uh, and we don't have to do like the indie shit, but like best. How about mainstream dark ride that you've ever been on? The oh. best mainstream dark ride, and it, don't say the haunted mansion. Because oh, you're gonna... you mean like like uh, okay? But like, Sorry. what's one of the better? What's one of the best dark rides you've ever been on? Peter Pan. Peter Pan? Oh, no. I'm, I am I know it is the best dark ride I've ever been on was the Haunted Mansion in Paris. Oh, shit. That one is fucking scary well, as ha, ha, ha. shit. Disneyland Paris. Disneyland Paris Haunted Mansion is scary. And it's in French, so no one knows what's going on. You don't on, know but what the fuck they're talking no, about. No, it's like, it's like um, New Orleans. So oh, that's it's right. all creepy. And well, you that's the one in through. L.A. is like So there's somebody yeah, standing out there with a cigarette, yeah. the gatoire, <laughs> going, but a bunch you're, of you're going French fucking, berets. You're going to fucking die. They're like, hello, I don't know what you're doing. You. <laughs> we are going to wait until things are absolutely <laughs> awful, and then we will uh, totally have a revolution. Some... 
and we will make awful transgressive cinema that will make you shit when you see it. And everything in black and white, then all of a sudden there's a pop of red somewhere. (laughs) And it will be great. No, uh, Have you ever seen Alphaville? (laughs) (laughs) How about La Jetée? It's my favorite. Chris Marker is a genius. Um, that We're ride saving that for our is, next podcast, yeah. by the way. That is, is the just, just creepy as fuck. That but, ride is creepy But, you know, dark rides are really, truly wonderful. They mm-hmm. don't really make them like they made them in 1980 once, <laughs> the Funhouse. But um, yeah. there are some really incredible things out there. Which one's yours, Brendan? I really, really love, and it's not scary, but I really the Jaws ride. that was it. No. <laughs> I don't consider that it's not a, dark a dark ride. ride. No, it's, I'm kidding. There's one moment that's kind of a dark ride, but yeah. for me, my f- I really love the. To me, the trashier and shittier, the better. Sure, of course, hundred percent. But you can only do so many Florida State Fair. Fun yeah, houses right. Before it gets old, and they actually smell like piss and vomit. <laughs> Um, great, I had though. one They're guy. So I went great. to one. The one. So you like, gotta go early. There was yeah. like a Florida State Fair, and there were two dark rides, like haunted houses, right next literally to each right other. Ne- right yep. next to each other. So I go to the one, and the guy goes, and the guy's like two dollars or whatever it is. Yeah. Like get your tickets here. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> and I'm like, well, what about that one? He goes, don't do that one. And I was like, why not? And he goes, it smells like piss. It smells like shit. And I was like, come on. And he goes, no, no. <laughs> Piss and shit. Because I piss and shit in You want to do mine. And I was like, well, I really I want to do both. He was like, no, 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 no. You just won mine. And I was like, all and right. you ride mine twice. And, yeah, and I was like, all right, well, I'm, I'm going to do both. Anyway, I did his. It fucking sucked. But I did the next one, which was the one that smelled like piss and shit, which mm-hmm. not only was it an accurate did. assessment, it smelled like piss and shit. Nothing happened. <laughs> There was not one. <laughs> You're just one. on the track. You were on a back and it forth. Was, it, no <laughs> lights. It was a black room that you just go it around. It was a dark ride. And they it just went, it was like a horn that blared, but there was not any lights that came up and did anything. And I was like, what the fuck? I think that's probably the creepiest. So in, in a way, it was kind of the creepiest. But to answer the question, well, honestly, I think like my favorite, uh-huh. one, of my, one of my favorites, it's hard for me to say. What's the piss and shit one? Would yeah. be, I, I love E.T., at oh yeah, yeah. the I ET ride, man. I think that's, that's one of the epic. best dark rides. I think it's fucking right, brilliant. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and it smells well. There's oh, the ET so smell, yeah. oh, the ET smell. smell, which is it is the Lemet, which comes straight from Canada. It is the is the fog juice. juice that they make in Canada. Yes. Yeah, you know, for that me, ride, I spent a lot of time, money, and effort trying to track that smell down. Officially. I have it. Huh? I have it. It is. It's. I smell it every day in my classroom. You can actually buy the ET ride candles and it also doesn't smell like essential them. oils. No, no, it does. The ET ride yes. candles doesn't smell. The essential. I, no, no, no. I have the jaws and King Kong. You got and it to doesn't. get the essential uh, uh, oils. I have the essential oils that go into my diffuser, and I swear to God, I just sit there and yes. huff it. All right. Well, listen. We're gonna end this podcast. Okay, and go bye. straight to our house and, and start you, huffing. Yeah, I it's want it. In my I classroom. want it. I want it now. Okay. I need it. I have to have it. I'm gonna get it. I will kill. That was another thing that we kind of bonded on too, you know, early in our relationship was that the smell of ET. We said the smell of ET right. I was like, I knew immediately. And when I was stage managing uh, at at a certain theme park in mm-hmm. the Tampa Bay area and everything, the beginning of the show is we've got a huge fog effect. Yeah. You know, there's these little pockets that would kind of pop up on the stage, and underneath the stage we had. Big giant canisters of CO2 mm-hmm. and then chemical foggers. That that was one of my responsibilities mm-hmm. to make sure that you know we had the CO2 hooked up and the chemical foggers. And it is that Lamette 
You gotta say it like the French people in in uh, Canada say it, and it's la merde, and it is a specific type of fog juice, which is the same fog juice that is used yes. in the ETF. And he right. he smelt like that, and that's why I was attracted to that's him. Nice. So he had those. I would I would come home balls. from those, working four those, shows that day. He had those and tight she balls. She would come and she would be like the ninety cock, <laughs> and then <laughs> and she the would lift her tail, and you would see the kitty cat butthole. And then she would that be ready. That was not me. That was actually your cat. But that's the, but it's another story. Never mind. Anyway. Oh yes, and there was that little furry patch where his balls used to be. <laughs> oh my god! But they were tight. <laughs> well, so this movie has literally a first-person perspective through a dark ride, a funhouse. And honestly, it's when I watch the movie, I'm like, never been on a ride that's this fucking badass. Like it's mm-hmm. awesome. It's. It's That's weird how I I'm, remember that movie. D- really? I remember that part of the movie. Well, there's crazy shit in it. There's yeah. not just like skeletons. There's literally like a part where they just stop in front of a fucking giant eyeball <laughs> that opens <laughs> up, looks, yeah. focuses its iris, glows and blinks at them uh-huh. before moving on. There's like a part where this giant mouth, skeleton mouth, closes on them. I almost feel that Toby didn't do a good enough job Making, making it shitty it bad. show no no showing everything like I could have done a whole ten minute sequence in that funhouse. There's also a bunch of really weird shit that goes on in this movie. Uh, the main character's younger brother that tormented her in the shower follows her to the carnival, but he has his own little nightmare scenario that he encounters. One of the most surreal sequences in the movie is he's walking to the carnival and a truck pulls up on the side of the road. This is one of my favorite scenes in a movie ever. Truck pulls up and it's like a like a heavy set guy and he goes, "Hey, Sonny, you uh, you need a ride somewhere?" And the kid's like, "Yeah, I'm going to the carnival and I need a ride." And the guy goes, "Okay, I'll, I'll I'll give you a ride." And the kid goes, "Great." And the the guy turns around, pulls the shotgun. From his back of the truck, points it at the kid, and he's like, Come on, kid! He goes, Bang! and pretends to shoot him, and then just like cackles, <laughs> and then like hightails it out of there. And the, and the like, kid is the just fuck? like, like shits his pants. He's like terrified. See, that should be the other Kevin Conway role right there. <laughs> but it, it has no, it's like, it's the weirdest. It's out, comes out of nowhere. It's such a Toby Hooper thing to just have like bizarre human behavior, mm-hmm. and and it happens throughout the movie. He really was brilliant at picking up subtleties of human the nuances, behavior, the nuances, nuances, and he didn't really get enough credit for. It. And honestly, all of his movies do this. Mm-hmm. Everything from Invaders to Mars to Life Force to tool, uh, Toolbox Murders, even and. Even fucking shitty gin, like about an evil genie. Like it's there. He, Is that Andrew Devoff? That no, one? that's Wishmaster. Oh, okay. Unfortunately, but we also are introduced to uh, uh, the monster of the film, the freak of the film, mm-hmm. who is a uh, he wears a Frankenstein mask when we are introduced to him, and that is a theme throughout the entire movie. There's Frankenstein's monsters is actually everywhere in the movie Mm -hmm. and there's a character that works at the fun house not kevin conway but another character wearing a frankenstein mask who helps the carts go through these teenagers decide we should spend the night in the 
fun house. Why not? So great. I like to do that. <laughs> and they do, they do it so that they can have sex and fool around with each mm-hmm. other uh, amidst all of the very clear um, uh, premonitions of doom that mm-hmm. are coming forward. They decide to do it. This Frankenstein mask monster does it. There's a really bizarre sequence where this cre- this character basically hires the fortune teller to have sex with him. It doesn't really work out in his favor. He comes all over himself. And uh, she's just like, well, it happens. I'm not going to give you your money back. So he murders her. The teenagers witness this murder in the funhouse. They see this entire suit. At first, it's funny because they're like, Mm -hmm. look at this fucking freak coming all over himself. But then the murder happens. And I think for me, like, I think... I don't know. Have you guys ever been in a situation where when you're someone like... someone comes on themselves? Well, yeah. Have All you of, ever... Yeah. There was that one time. Yeah. Then I married him. Oh. Chris? Yeah. How about you? But no, I, I think that we've all been in a weird situation where we were witnessing something that we were like, hee, 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 and yeah, then and you something laugh it got out. intense, and we were like, um, I, I shouldn't be here. Oh, actually, like at our wedding. Yeah. No, absolutely. I mean, I think we've all had that, <laughs> oh my God, yeah. moments in our lives. And um, could be anything from watching two, two people fighting or shitting your pants on yeah. your 30th birthday. You have a... <laughs> but so they witness this thing. They have this oh shit moment. They realize that the stakes are suddenly very high, but they cannot get out of the fun house. But it turns out that Kevin Conway is, as the Funhouse Barker, is also the father of this person, this man. Frankenstein mask-wearing weirdo. That's right. And he he comes in, sees what's happened, and he delivers this monologue. And it is a long, like... It's not like a Michael Parks 10-minute monologue. Yeah. But if you're going to get somebody to deliver a monologue, he Kevin has Conway's this monologue, and it stays on him in one shot. I mean, Toby was mm. brilliant. <sighs> Toby was brilliant. It stays on him, and he's like, uh, he's like, you're, you're, because he, like, insults this guy. He, mm-hmm. this, his, it turns out it's his son. And he's like, you're a fucking piece of shit. I don't because and, and the the thing calls him father father tries to say mm-hmm. and he like hits me like, don't ever call me father don't you ever say that word to me but then he has this mon and it's like heartbreaking mm-hmm. and then he has this monologue where he's like I don't really feel that way about you I love you and it's like it goes on and he is it's the same thing mm-hmm. that we were talking about with freaks it's it's like is this guy a monster because he looks like a monster and does these monstrous things like what's what is a monster? Yeah. Yeah. And it, it, we, we bring that back to society. Mm. We see differences. We see, we see people who look different than us, act different than us, than as a monstrosity. And that's right. literally throughout this movie, these characters go to the funhouse. They go to the freak show and right. they're poking fun mm-hmm. at the two-headed calf. Right. Which is foreshadowing. And they're doing and and the weird baby mm-hmm. in a jar and they're really basically like sealing their own fate by being kind of close-minded to this mm-hmm. um and that happens at 
the end of Freaks as it well. Does. Yeah. It does. And it, I don't d- think there's that, that there's... There's I really... I know I know that Toby saw Freaks. Of course. And was like, this is kind of the 80s cocaine slasher <laughs> version of it. Um, it's not a slasher movie. It's not a slasher movie, though. That's, but, the, that's the thing. Because the deaths don't occur, aside from, like, Madame Zena's mm-hmm. murder post-handjob. Like, the deaths... <laughs> so gross. It, it takes a good 50 maybe minutes before the deaths start to happen. But when they do, me personally, the deaths that happen, I am, I, I'm affected by them. There is one death in particular where the, the girlfriend's boyfriend is murdered. She sees it and she, it's like in this cart and he's like go, going through the funhouse and he's, a de- he's dead. Mm-hmm. He's got his axe in his head. It's re- actually truly horrific, and she's chasing after his corpse, like, screaming, uh, because she just can't accept that he's dead. And she's like, I want to go with him. She's, like, screaming over and over, I want to go with him. And it's literally like a person who has lost their mind. Mm-hmm. Horrific. To me, it's horrific. And the fact that Toby cast these women that look like EC Comics images come to life. They have these big expressive eyes mm-hmm. with this like bleeding mascara and they're all like beautiful but tormented. It's it's brilliant. We get a point where the Frankenstein mask gets ripped off and we see Rick Baker's insanely over the top monster design. Yeah. I love it, man. My dad used to have a mask and it's like I don't think it was a Don Post mask and everything, but it like it was a mask that looked just like that. Two faced it's a two faced just like the calf, split faced freak. But it's you know, like for me when I watch it now, I'm like, it's way too big. It's Mm -hmm. clearly like a pullover mask. His hands are the same way. These pullover giant fingered gloves. And it is over the top. It is extreme, and that kind of, to me, sells the 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 the, the ridiculousness of the whole thing. And there's a scene where it just like screams, it's absurdist, ah! and it's like screaming in this like weird shadow. It's and it is actually really nightmarish, and it only gets worse from there. And then the murders, of course, are actually pretty affecting. Okay, there's that. That's the movie. It's it's truly one of the most underrated movies I've ever seen. When I when I say some drive-in totals for it, yeah, please mm-hmm. give us some drive-in totals, okay. man. Let's is, let's let's. Okay, this is what we got. I mean, right at the very beginning of the movie, what do we get? Well, we get the uh, we get uh, creepy animatronics, uh, including a giant glowing fucking eyeball. Go okay? on. Okay, I can yeah, I, I cannot. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, nice little pair up with your uh, Rastafarian eyeballs. Yes. Uh, Rastafari. We get sleazy striptease. We got hideous deformities. We get Kevin Conway. Shower scene. We get, well, yeah, I I was trying to keep it from being totally perverted, but we do get some Elizabeth Barrage breasts. We do Mm -hmm. get boobies. And, And not bad. I mean... Little exploitative. It's Not what lie. I totally remember but, about the movie. Yeah, it's a it's a great little moment. Um, I mean, I remember the fun ride. <laughs> Kevin Conway. Uh, we get drunk Dracula murder magic. <laughs> we got Rick Baker mutant face. We've got a magic noose hanging. Mm-hmm. We got Kevin Conway. We got an axe to the head. We got claws to the face. We've got two fisted combat. Old school, this kind of shit. Yes. Pugilist. Knuck, like, That's ri- right. Pugilist wrist, style. Wrist out. <laughs> we get swords and bellies. We get Kevin Conway. 
We got genital crushing gears. Giant gears that operate a funhouse that crush your genitals. We get endless electrocution that goes on for fucking, <laughs> it seems like forever. And then, of course, we have the funhouse in its own self. I'm telling you, the funhouse is one of the most underrated films in Toby Hooper's Ouvoir. Is that how you say Oeuvre. I wish more people talked about this movie and saw this movie in the right eyes. Shout Factory, Screen Factory put out a, a really actually excellent Blu-ray of the And they movie. didn't fuck up the disc? No, they didn't. Believe it or not, <laughs> they, the disc is not fucked up. There is a we- there are from a snobbery perspective, there are a lot of moments where the, the there's some like weird strobing going on. Uh, anyway, whatever. Um, At least it's not pan and scan, right? It's not pan. It's beautiful, Gotta anamorphic. And, and I'm going to tell you, there are some incredible crane shots. I know that sounds so stupid, but there are like crane shots in the movie that are incredible. Where the it starts as a close up and it moves, it goes on and it cranes up higher than a Ferris wheel. The movie has this wonderful stonery creepy fair vibe and it's just I, I i think it's as much as chainsaw massacre is you, you're never going to top chainsaw massacre toby he never really did but i think that the fun house is truly toby's like third masterpiece mm-hmm. between poltergeist yeah and without that movie i don't think he obviously he never would have no, made poltergeist yeah. he never would have um so there we go all right, let's take a moment and uh, have a quick uh, moment from our sponsor. Okay. Need answers about your love life? You want to know if Larry Latner's going to surprise the gym class with line drills? Are you curious about the impending death of your friends? Let go of your fears and find spiritual clarity with Madame Zena's fortune-telling and psychic readings. Try your best to ignore the overwhelming stench of patchouli and stale Newports and glare into the crystal ball of fate. The swirling miasma of time and space will help you achieve clarity and peace. Choke back your urge to vomit as a gnarled leathery finger traces its craggly way across your lifeline. Shh! Your connection to the spiritual world requires concentration! Madam Zena's fortune-telling and psychic readings will guide you through the metaphysical realms, traverse the planes of existence, and increase the vibrancy of your aura. And if that doesn't work, well, for a hundred bucks, you can get a handjob. No refunds for premature ejaculation. Madam Zena's fortune-telling and psychic readings, she can see everything coming. Except for that. You know, it, this has been a long one. Yeah, um, sorry. But it's been a wonderful one. Yeah. Uh, and you, I, I do not accept your apology. I'm glad because I really take it back. Fuck you. <laughs> before we finish up, before we make a very, in my opinion, difficult decision on what no, movie we're going to choose, what 
double bill we're going to choose, mm-hmm. I want to just take a minute and play a quick little game. Okay. Um, the name of this game is Zygot 24 Problems, But a Pitch Ain't One. <laughs> so, so what do we win? Well, whoever wins this game will get $1 million. I will write a personal check to you for $1 million. Oh so keep that in mind I as we play wait. this. It's going to be an intense game. The game's actually pretty simple. What I'm going to do, Zygrot 24 has spilled over 24 movies, merging them. Oh, God. So I'm going to read to you the plots of both movies, mm-hmm. and it's up to you guys to tell me the title of the merged mutated films. Got it. Does that make sense? Do you mm-hmm. guys understand? Yeah. Okay. We'll okay. try our okay. best. We'll try our best. Um, and because you guys don't have buzzers, we're going to... Do gonna... we get a mulligan on this? Um, I, I could no. do... I okay. Could... All right, just fine. do it. That's well, fine. no. Okay. I'll give you a quick example off the top of my head. Okay. This is not something that I wrote down, but let's just say um, something along the lines of a... Um, a uh, a cop is brutally murdered by a vicious gang brought back to life as a cyborg and teams up with a young African-American boy <laughs> to solve crimes in Tampa, Florida. That would be RoboCop and a Half. RoboCop and a Half. Oh. Got it. So because we don't have ba- uh, buzzers, you guys just have to... Put your hands up as ooh, to who ooh, goes. Ooh, yeah, ooh, I, I want. I just, ooh, we'll do ooh. a quick this one. Just do this to say what you got, got as the answer. Yes, <laughs> Nazi salute for the answer. Here we oh, go. Zygrot, twenty four problems, but a pitch ain't one. Okay. After murdering, there's twelve movies here, so we're gonna okay. try to zoom through this. Okay, go Shit. ahead. You mean there's twenty four that have become twelve? Got it. I got you. Okay. Go. After murdering his entire, another little hint is that. There are two the movies together? I'm two s- movies mutated together. Got it. There's, so you have, there's four questions you're asked. There's no, 12 be questions. 12 questions. I got yeah. you. I got you. But by the way, the plots, the so when you hear, they're written in order of the title as well. Oh. If, so that will help okay. you. All there's right. no trickery happening here. Chris is Although there are some this. tricky ones. <laughs> okay, I don't know. <laughs> After murdering his entire family, mm-hmm. a homicidal maniac leaves town, changes his identity, and marries into another family, only to have to prepare himself for his new daughter's big wedding day. Animeville Horror's Daughter of the Bride. You did not raise your hand. I. Oh my god, I hate you. Go ahead, we'll give it to you. Go, I said it. What it, what was it? I don't even know. Amenyville Horror's Father of the Bride. Okay, and what were you going to say? <laughs> Stepfather of the Bride. This is he the was, correct yeah. answer. I fucking hate that movie. That movie I saw what when movie? I got my first stepdad. Father of the Bride or the no, Stepfather? No, the Stepfather. You know, it's so crazy because Terry O'Quinn, Terry O'Quinn scary. is scary. He's so good. Movie. Who am I and, today? I know, who's, know who showed what? me that you movie. You see Terry O'Quinn's dick. I don't remember that. Right at the very beginning of the movie. I remember Jill's Because remember the movies. whole beginning of the movie, he's cleaning up the old murder scene yeah. and stuff like that. And he fucking takes off all of his clothes and hops in the shower and stuff like that. You can totally see his dick. Nice, yes. dude. And Love that. Because I know dick. how much you like that dick. <laughs> so he likes dick. All right. Camp Crystal Lake's favorite son is seemingly blown up by a SWAT team, only for his soul to live on and swap bodies with a strong-willed matchmaker who makes it her mission to find the perfect companion to a crotchety millionaire. (laughs) Anybody? What the fuck? 
Jason's Baby's Day Out. Okay, pretty close. Wrong. Anybody else? Nothing? I'm just guessing. The answer is Jason goes to Hello, Dolly. Oh, okay. So right. I was so close, Are we guys. It now? I was yeah, so close. Yeah. Yeah. Right, yeah, yeah. Here we go. Here, maybe right. here's a little bit of a. Maybe this will be easier for you guys. A man with psychic abilities mm-hmm. must struggle with his past childhood trauma until his son calls into a radio talk show in an attempt to find his father a new wife. I know the last part. Slasher in Seattle. No, no, no. Psychic father. I know. Uh, a man with psychic abilities and childhood trauma. Maybe his father was Wait. a psychic. Oh, Dr. Sleepless Dr. in Seattle. Sleep. Okay, Dr. I'm going to give Sorry. it to Chris okay. for that. All right, we'll give Chris. Chris has I'm, got two points. But remember, whatever Chris has, yeah, I know. Yeah, you get half. I get No, she gets all of it. Oh, all so of it. he can get it. Holy shit. Okay, Just, here we go. Good luck, Chris. Well, that doesn't make it any fun. <laughs> Thanks, hon. I'll do my best. After his girlfriend dumps him for an obnoxious ski jock, a suicidal high school student has to battle a horde of vicious zombies that crash a high society party. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm just trying to word how you... I'm trying to put the words together. Um, What's the first movie sound like to you? Well, I know, oh, the, the, first I know the first movie. Okay. Say, this, say the second part. Say After the his part. girlfriend dumps him for an obnoxious ski jock, a suicidal high school student has to battle a horde of vicious zombies that crash a high society party. Maybe there's a lawnmower involved. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, go ahead. I'll say the first part. I know the first part. Do you know the second part? Yeah, I think. Yeah. What? What do you got? What do you got? It's better off dead. Alive. There you go. Yeah. All right. That's a, you, we'll split that one. Okay. You guys get that? Okay. Didn't realize that was a high society. Yeah, me neither. I know it's kind of tricky. But when you said lawnmower, I knew yeah. it was. I just remember, it's his douchebag uncle. I know. And I know. a zombie baby. He wanted it to be a high society. It's a zombie baby. It's a really movie about a zombie baby. Mm. Move on. Satan's son. Okay. Returns to Earth on a vicious quest to acquire magical runes mm-hmm. before a motley crew of NASA certified deep core drillers can detonate a nuclear warhead on an asteroid hurtling toward Earth. Okay, wait, is it. <laughs> L- Little Nicky Armageddon? Close. Okay. Very close. Mm-hmm. I will say you got one of the two correct. Okay, great. <laughs> the correct answer is, you both will lose on this one, but okay. it is Warlock the Arm- Armageddon. <laughs> but I was right. On, I was I was also right on Little Nicky. There, there's some back. tricks just for jokes here. Son of, okay? well, I, I keep forgetting that, yes, the Warlock is the son of Satan. After being fired from his own band, an overly enthusiastic guitarist mm-hmm. poses as a substitute teacher at an elite private academy. Mm-hmm. Only to discover his students are actually shades created by Satan, who appears and challenges the musician to a hand-to-hand combat battle for mankind. I know the first one. What do you got? School of Rock. Hand-to-hand battle? School of Rock. Musician battling Satan. This is kind of an obscure one. This is kind of an obscure one. All right. Oh, wait, no, 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 no. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. School no, of no, Rock. No, 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 I'll give you a hint. It's got it's eighties metal, eighties. School of Rock. School of Rock. Yo, no, no, but I'm trying to kind of put together uh, not rock and roll. Uh, uh yeah. School of Rock, rock and, and roll. No. 
Close. Because that's anime. Rock and roll. High school. (laughs) School of rock and roll nightmare. Uh, Oh, so close. I was so close. I was so close. All right. I know some of these are tricky. Okay, I get it. (laughs) It's a good game. It's right. just, yeah, I, I don't think I'm at my best. Right yeah, now. we're all, it's, oh, it's, it's midnight. It's midnight and we are all drunk. And I'm, it's Friday. I taught all day. Wackiness ensues after an Australian werewolf woman runs away <laughs> from her overbearing werewolf family and falls in love with a film producer who casts her as the leading lady opposite a trio of cowboy film stars. <laughs> It's Howling 3. Yeah, uh-huh. I know it's Howling. No. Howling 3. D. No. Silent Cowboy Film Stars. Oh, Howling 3 Amigos. There you go. You got it, Chris. <laughs> okay. A psychic medium is brutally murdered, and a musician is compelled to discover the identity of her killer, who it turns out, is an army of Soviet soldiers sneak attacking the entire country. <laughs> I, I don't Deep even... Red Dawn. Yeah, you got oh, it, Chris. Good, good okay, job. here we go. Good job, babe. Malfunctioning robot guards terrorize a group of verbose teenagers who are busy navigating the ups and downs of their respective relationships. Chopping mall rats. You got it. That was okay. great. I knew mall rats. I got that part. A top secret team of government agents tasked with policing unearthly activities are hot on the trail of an African prince turned blood-sucking vampire. Men in Blackula. You got it. I got one. Yes. I got one. In an attempt to hide his secret of reanimation from Nazis... An old magician takes refuge on board a ship captained by a puffy, red-faced drunk and ordered to hunt down and capture a French vessel. Oh, uh, puppet master and commander. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, the far side of the world. That was good. All right, last one. After running afoul of a subterranean of, excuse me, after running afoul of subterranean mutant cannibals, a reporter becomes a more than willing pawn in the scheme of a greedy and ruthless businessman determined to take control of a massive conglomerate. Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory. That is incorrect. Oh, fuck. Can you read the clue again, please? <laughs> After running afoul of subterranean mutant cannibals. Okay, okay, I got that part. A reporter becomes a more than willing pawn in the scheme of a greedy and ruthless businessman Determined to take control of a massive conglomerate. I know the first one. I think I know the first one. It's Chud. What, what is Chud the first one, you think? It's always, it's in clue order. Yeah. Yep. I'm saying, is it's Chud the first one, you think? Yeah, yeah okay. I mean. Okay. For kids. Yeah, you know, for kids. Oh, oh Chud, Chud Sucker, Sucker Proxy. Proxy. <laughs> <laughs> My All right. Fell. Well, I gotta tell you, um, well, I failed that. One. I think Chris, you won the yeah, million you won. dollars. You're gonna have to split it fifty-fifty mm, with your wife. Nope. Also, we do a thing here where we require 110 percent sales tax awesome. on this. So actually, you guys are you... gonna owe me ten grand. All right, that goes from Chris. Too. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So just go ahead and write a check, and I'll cool, take thanks. the check. Thank you, guys. This has been a real long episode. Um, like my penis. We. <laughs> That huh? 90s cock. That's why I married him. 
We got a lot to decide here. What are what are we going to pick? What do you guys think is the best double feature of freak films for our audience? I would typically start with our guest. I think that that's usually that's the respectable yeah, exactly. thing to do. But I don't really give a shit. Okay, let's go ahead and ask Chris. What do you think? What are the two movies that you're? It's because I don't have a penis, and I'm. The that's first exactly girl why. Because here, so women, you know, it's just about boobies. <laughs> Apparently, scoop shaped boobs is where it's at. That's right. No, I think okay. he said potato shape. <laughs> potato yes. chip Pringles. Boobies. Pring- Pringles. Pringle tits. Sorry. Pringle titums. Pringle titums. <laughs> I just love the way We word cut that part out, yeah. but okay. Here we <laughs> go. Uh, uh, honestly, I, um, I'm trying to think what would kind of work best here. And seeing how I am married to our guest, I'm automatically picking what her choice was because I know which side my bread is buttered on. Don't um, have to. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I don't have to, but I'm, I'm going <laughs> now to. Now she because, tells you, yeah, right. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I, you know, In I, the car I heard I was the like, conversation. I swear, hey, darling, God, you don't daughter's have to lives, my you better movie. <laughs> yes. Um, so I would say, I think I'm going to go with Freaks mm-hmm. and Freaked. Okay. Yeah, I think that, I think, you know, just because the titles alone would confuse the shit out of people. And if you're going to say that you're going to have a double feature at our drive-in, it's going to say Freaks and Freaked. Okay. I'm going to go ahead, then I'll, I'll follow up with that. Okay. Um, I personally think the world needs to see Freaked. I think that it's a, a really wonderful film yeah. that I wish more people could see. Um, but I also strongly feel the same way about my choice, The Fun House. I really feel like people need to see that movie. I think I would be doing myself a disservice to our audience if I did not choose the ultimate freak film, which is Jamie's choice, Freaks. So I'm going to go ahead and say... We start with freaks while the audience arrives, and then we end with the slow burn of the fun house. That's my choice. Okay. Jamie? Oh, wait. It's my turn. Now it is your turn. And this is where we will determine whether or not you get divorced. Okay. (laughs) Or you get invited back to another episode. Oh, that's so nice. (laughs) I'm in between both of you guys. And of course, we get this totally (laughs) fucked up. You can sort out how we... Drive home tonight. Mm-hmm. Well, yes. <laughs> I love the movie Freaked. I love it. It's awesome. It's so much fun. But oh, with that shit. being said, I and coming in to this. No, no, don't cry. Chris, stop crying, honey. Stop. I'm not crying. There's the water in my eyes. I'm too dehydrated for crying. I came. I, I'm going to say I came in here. I came in here. Um, thinking that I wanted to have freaked and freaks going on into it, but listening to Funhouse and kind of understanding like the whole thing with for me for freaks is the monster's really not the monster. It's the humans that are the monsters. And I think that Funhouse goes a little bit more into that realm and that connection with freaks. And um I love Toby. So um my choice will be freaks in the beginning of it and then i like closing it with funhouse okay as well. so i guess it seems like those toby are the... or not toby that is the question <laughs> <laughs> well oh man why did we do that earlier <laughs> because we... we're saving it for now well then i'm gonna let's go ahead because uh, chris how do we uh, i will defer to you the choice of at this point then of what 
how do we program it properly? Do we go? Here's the deal: we can't get a good fucking print of Freaked. That's very yeah, true. That's true. I mean, that's the reality that's of the situation. True. Is that we could not get a good print of Freaked anyway. We, yeah. we could get a print of, of Freaks, mm-hmm. and we could get a good print of the Funhouse, a very nice print of the Funhouse. How do you feel that the movie should be programmed? Which one first? I think we should go old school first. Yeah, yeah. we could go chronologically yeah. on this one. You know, people be like, "God damn," <laughs> and then they can be like, "God damn." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think yeah. that's how that works. It would be an interesting evening of. Weird sights, weird mm-hmm. sounds, weird freaks all around. Yes. And whack, also whack. you get to see the reality of a freak and then Rick Baker's freak. That's right. Mm-hmm. Like, so a you see, like a complete surreality. Yeah. Well, it's true because mm-hmm. you've got a reality and you have a surreality. Right. I think it really actually works pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, well, okay. You heard it here first. That's our double feature program. <laughs> <Bill>. <laughs> Well, thanks, everybody. Uh, thanks. That wraps up another so much episode of Dead City Drive, and I'd really love to thank our guest, Jamie Jean Grande Holcomb. Hi, thank you, guys. Um, That's so much fun. Thank you so much for being here. Thank, thank you, you guys for, for having us. us. Thank this you, honey, for being here. You're welcome. It. Yes. This is what you do? This is what we do. Oh, my um, gosh. This is so fucking lame. Never mind. Thanks, <laughs> yeah, guys, for okay. having me. <laughs> Typically, it's that's, a lot shorter because we don't baby. have to mansplain to everybody, but okay. Ah. <laughs> um, oh God, I didn't I'm say it. You it did. So home. thank you guys for saying what everybody's been thinking. I'm I glad you it. understood what we were talking about. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was on my phone most of the time, not paying attention. So mm-hmm. thanks. <laughs> uh, once again, I'm Brandon Windish. And I'm Chris Holcomb. And remember, at the drive-in, if the cars are rocking, it doesn't mean that someone's fucking. They're probably getting murdered. Dead City. Under 17, not admitted without parent.